This week, let me give you some advice. Assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be solo. A Star Wars story. This is Body Counts. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. You guys know me. I'm John Rooney Taylor. And this week we're discussing the most okayest movie whatever got made. So okay. Yeah. So low. low. A Star Wars story. That's <laughs> yep. right. We're finally closing that a uh, uh, sadly open loop of Star Wars films we have not touched. Technically, we still need to watch the Clone Wars theatrical release. Ooh. We don't have to. Don't make me. It's real bad. <laughs> it's got a hut what talks like Capote. <laughs> it's insufferable. And I say this as someone who unabashedly loves the prequels. The Clone Wars movie is hot garbage. <laughs> So, uh, uh, one thing about the huts that I, real quick before we get into the movie, because I know we always try to keep things on track, um, yeah. and no digressions, we're Absolutely always, not. always right down the middle, yep. no tangents on nope. this show. Guys, I'm a real taskmaster, not unlike that Marvel character, the taskmaster. Ooh. He has the power to master any task. Correct, because he stole some Nazis formula. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so, Hut, I remember in the old extended universe, now considered classics or whatever. Uh, legends. Legends. There was a Hut Jedi. What sure. had two lightsabers. Why not? And got to fly around like Hut style. Here's the thing. Uh, Wait a the minute. Old... That sounds awesome. Does it? No. No. Kind of. And no. if I remember correctly, it was Durga the Hut what made the Darksaber. <laughs> Maybe. See, here's the thing about the old EU. I never gave two shits about it because it was universally awful. What are you talking about? The Huts made a giant Death Star gun without the Death Star around it. It was sure. just a big flying tube. Yep. Is that the, the other EU has like when Luke goes to the dark side later, right? No, the other EU has Spain, Portugal. Correct. Uh, uh, Britain, sort of, kind of. They got one foot out the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week, uh, as we said, we're discussing Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, and Solo, a Star Wars story begins, like all movies do, with blue text. Not... Scrolling blue text. No. Just slowly appearing and disappearing blue text. Here's the, uh, This movie has a chronic habit of needing to explain itself. Yeah, it does. And we get that right off the bat. First off, the uh, after we get the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, the first new piece of footage we see is a total fucking lie. It says, it is a lawless time. No, it ain't. It's the Empire. Empire's all full of laws. Yeah, ain't yeah. nothing but laws. Too many laws, This place is me. lousy with laws. Right? My understanding is that they pretty much conquered the galaxy at this point. Before Correct. we get to the uh, the original movies. The Orridge Tridge, as yeah. uh, they're called by cool people like me. Nice. Right? I like it. Hey. Uh, so, uh, Solo uh, begins... With, uh, after we explained it's a lie. Yeah, we said time. with a lie. Yeah, with a lie. Uh, we cut to uh, young Han Solo himself, played by... River a, Phoenix? No. Sadly, no. Uh, played by the homeless man's River Phoenix, Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he has a home. Just not a real name. <laughs> I think someone mixed up the first part of his last name and his first name. Right? Yeah, like it should be like Elden Ehrenreich? 
Correct. Also, There's... people named Ehrenreich are probably Nazis. Correct. Ooh, well, I wouldn't say probably Nazis, but definitely probably German? Or at least related to Nazis, so that's I guess that's the possibly same. possibly true. Same difference on that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all of Germany, can you write in and give us your hot take on this? Hey, oh, I have a, hot a lot take. of you were related to Nazis. Hey, I got a, I got a hot take. I got a, I got a hot take over here. Edit point. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh, we see young Han Solo played by Alden Ehrenreich of uh, Hail Caesar fame. Uh, just uh, not a real name. I not, know. It's just know. not. It really is. Uh, not even Hot wiring a speeder. Uh, just like, I don't know, Ron Howard, the director, used to do up in the American Graffiti days, I guess? Ah, uh, that would have been, again, whoa, weird connection. Harrison Ford in American Graffiti definitely hot wired a car. Whoa. So here we go, guys. We close the loop. There we go. Uh, Han Solo steals a car. He he goes on a little bit of a chasey chase. uh, And then he goes back into this... Uh, hut, I guess. I don't know. It's a weird underground a job tunnel. Of the hut. Yep. It's like a weird tunnel. It's kind of like the underground world where, like, the Beast in the Beast uh, Beauty and the Beast '80s show lived. Like the George R. R. Martin, yeah. Linda Hamilton, Holy where shit. Ron Perlman plays the Beast, and there's like that weird underground city. I forgot how much talent went into making that terrible show. <laughs> hey, that terrible show at least got us one classic SNL sketch. Uh, with Phil Hartman uh, and uh, as the Beast, and he's on a date with Jan Hooks, and he they do a double date, and his with his weird Beast friend who's played by John Lovitz is like a nebbish Beast, oh. and he's there with Demi Moore. Nice. Is that where Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer came from? No, so Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer is its own thing. Really? It wasn't just the Beast with less makeup? No, it's its own piece of pure genius. That's correct. Phil Hartman, man of two voices. Yeah. Yeah, but they're really good voices. Super good voices. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> Han Solo's back. He runs into his uh, his girlfriend Kira, played by Amelia Clark, uh, the uh, erstwhile Daenerys Stormborn of Game of Thrones, and uh, they share a little kiss. And he's like, "I did it. I stole this little fuel goo, and we're gonna get out of here." Co- coaxium? Yes, like coaxium. That. coaxium. They're gonna sell it for credits. Yes, correct. It's worth it. money. At credits. least 500, 600 credits. At least. Also, the price of coaxium fluctuates in this movie a Wildly. lot. Wildly. Because and this thing is worth like five or 600 credits, but the same thing later is worth like 10,000. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's ship fuel. It's hyperspace fuel, which doesn't make any sense for it to be as expensive as it is. There's a fucking shit ton of... Like, spaceships all up in space in this space movie. Yeah, and they all go through hyperspace. Right? A lot. The X-Wing goes through hyperspace, and that's a one-pilot ship. Yeah, that's a single-person fighter. Guys, where does the Rebellion get all its money? Hold that thought. We'll get back to it. Oh, bummer. If there's any fucking pedantic, shitty, pointless Star Wars argument you've ever heard while someone else was on a first date... It is answered in this movie. Oh, nice. In excruciating detail and with a very loud orchestral sting. Mm. Well, John, you mentioned it earlier that the movie is constantly reminding you of the plot and what has already happened in the film. Yeah. It's almost as if the film itself, like, got into a car accident and had amnesia <laughs> and has to, like, steadily reassure itself yeah, yeah. based off of the tattoos it has carved right. into its <laughs> Exactly. It's, it, and it has that last uh, tattoo where it's like, I gotta kill my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> but who's my best friend? And that's really what Memento is about. The friendship we find in everyday acquaintances. 
Spoiler alert for Memento. (laughs) For a 20-year-old movie. If you somehow intuit the end of that movie by all of the information we just gave you, I would like to join your Mensa click. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, they they, uh, they are then taken in front of Lady Proxima, who is the sort of... uh, She's a vampire worm. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's Jabba the worm. Dolphin worm. Yeah, yep. uh, she's sort of the uh, I guess the artful dodger, uh, like the leader of this gang of child thieves. Nah, yeah. she's the worm from Labyrinth, all grown up. Oh, oh, sure. Good for that worm. Right. About time. Nice. Uh, so she kind of dangles from some uh, green screened out string. Yeah. And she's like, you failed me for the last time, Han Solo. Beat him up. But then Han Solo beats somebody else up. What a twist. And then he tries to pretend a rock is a thermal detonator by going with his mouth. Nice. It Like, I, I, can, I can see where it might be charming and clever and funny but it just isn't in a way that i can't quite articulate yeah the you're movie, right the, like like it nothing in this movie works it's yeah. weird i think the big thing is that alden ehrenreich who's not a bad actor by any means no he's great in the aforementioned hail caesar correct we should have fucking watched that movie yeah. with some and, josh and, you know, brolin and for the most oh, part in, josh the, in this movie he is Serviceable. He's not bad. He's just okay. He sounds and occasionally looks a lot like Harrison Ford. That would have. is why he got cast. Yeah. yeah. Like he, it, I don't think I've ever seen anyone who kind of gives you that uncanny. That is almost like I, a young Harrison except Ford, except for River Phoenix. Right. Yeah. The only thing is, he but he do- was a young Harrison Ford for a much younger Harrison Ford. Well, not only that, but like River Phoenix looked like Harrison Ford would have looked at River Phoenix's age. This guy looks like Harrison Ford if he got hit by that Devo gun from Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so like the yeah. like the the uh, the T Rexified version of him, yeah. or like like if Marvel does that de aging makeup effect with sure. the computer, like that's what he looks. It like. It is unsettling. It's yeah. real weird. But I, I, my my point is like, while he's not a terrible actor, he clearly doesn't know what jokes is. And, like, has no clue how to deliver, like, the clever or, like, anything witty or anything. He can't, he can't do it. Yeah. His whole, his whole repertoire is just, like, his smile seems so forced. Well, and his, his performance seems to hit this weird nebulous spot where you don't see enough of his real turning thought process to really follow how he makes the leaps that he does. But you also don't get that, like confident swagger that would make sense for him to already know how to handle these situations. It's just this weird, like, I know what to do because the script what told me how this scene plays out. Yeah, you're not wrong. He definitely lacks any of the sense of just, like, reckless coolness that Harrison Ford really kind of brings to everything, but especially Han Solo. Yeah. And he doesn't have the, like, again, you don't see, like, the wheels turning of him formulating plans. His plans just already... His plans spring forth fully formed from the forehead of Zeus. Right, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Han Solo uh, enacting a plan off the top of his head, clearly stolen from uh, the thunder god Zeus, uh, throws his fake rock thermal detonator. Oh, it's a real rock. Oh, it's totally a real rock. Sure, fake thermal detonator slash rock through a window. Turns out Big Worm is also a vampire. Correct. Uh, starts burning in the sun. Him and Kira escape. They hot yeah, wire she, she burns like a blister in the sun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, well, she got big hands. You Huge. know she's the one. That's true. So anyway, they escape. <laughs> it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that song was about jerking it. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
Anything Edit point. <laughs> <laughs> so they escape on their speeder and they lead uh, the bad guys on a, a merry chase through the streets of Corellia, the shipbuilding planet of the Star Wars universe. Uh, and and their the thing, plan. The thing of Corellia is the skyline is fucking great. It's like a shipyard and you see all the skeletons of like star destroyers and shit like that. But like the street is the most boring generic thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like they took they it's like they had two separate teams working on the street and the sky well, the street, of this planet. The street could very well be like the street from Spawn. Right. Like it's just dark and dingy and yeah. just full of homeless superheroes right. and weirdly placed lights. <laughs> Uh, so they they uh, managed to uh, kind of escape a little bit by driving sideways through a through a little alleyway, and they which is an awesome stunt when you have to do it on two wheels in a four wheel car. Yeah, <laughs> right. But when your when your craft is a hovercraft, yeah, it's, it's I don't know that took something away from it for me. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely. Uh, so they uh, their plan is they're going to use this coaxium to bribe their way onto a ship leaving Corellia, and then they're going to uh, get their own ship and just. Uh, wander the cosmos aimlessly. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. fucking. He's today's Tom Sawyer. Yeah, they're gonna Jack Kerouac across the stars. <laughs> man. Fuck yeah. Boy, I can definitely see like an alternate timeline where uh, Han Solo just turns into a shitty beat poet. Yeah. yeah. Right? Just uh, RVing around with his girl, man. Yeah, exactly. Going all them space parks. Always just a little too old to be doing whatever he's doing. Right. <laughs> like, he stays hip to the young lingo, and it just sounds like ashes coming out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Especially while he's wearing socks with sandals. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And I, if he does not get a man bun at some point, I will eat my hat. Yeah, true. So uh, they managed to bribe the the Imperial officer who's going to let them in. But just before they get through, Kira is grabbed by Lady Proxima's goons and pulled back. And she's like, you got to go. You have to go. And like just before he had given her his like little golden dice that he hangs up in the mirror, they make a big deal of showing that in all these goddamn movies now. And he's like, <laughs> take my dice. And she's like, but your dice. And she's like, go. And he's like, I guess I'm going to go. And then he goes to Space Ellis Island and he's like, I want to join the Imperial Navy. Right, which I don't follow this thought process. Like, I get that he has no money, but he's already, like, he already got through airport security. Right. So he could definitely just sneak on to, like, I don't understand. I guess he, like, super wants to learn how to be a pilot. Yes. But it seems like putting yourself in the purview of the Empire seems like a dumbass way of doing it. I mean, again, well, when you I gotta be honest with you, if you want to be a pilot in real life today, that's your best bet because paying for the ten thousand hours of flight <laughs> out of your own fucking pocket to get that pilot's license—that's brutal. Buddy, buddy, Gary Newman has a pilot's license. <laughs> All right, they can't be that hard to get. <laughs> A pilot's license. They yeah, lost he's got to know you. Can, I didn't know you can get those from driving cars. Correct. <laughs> you got to drive them really well. Though. Correct. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah right. I got a good fifteen minutes of flying hours just from driving cars. <laughs> That's good because I like to spend a lot of time in my car. In my cars, I feel Yo, safest, safest just of all. Of all. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Bottle, uh, <laughs> bottle. Well, and here's another like this movie is like designed specifically to irritate me. Yeah. Mm, uh, I love that kind of movie, John. It seems like weaponized <laughs> to just get under my fucking skin. Because he gets the idea of joining the Empire very, very spur of the moment by seeing like a hologram recruitment poster of just like, 
Uncle Palpatine wants you to fucking come in here and death star it up around the universe. Those Keith David voiced commercials are very persuasive. True, but they're playing the Imperial March. Yeah. Like, it's diegetic. It's like, in, like, no. That doesn't make, it's like that scene, it's like that scene in Anaconda when Ice Cube's character is listening to an Ice Cube song. Exactly. On the radio. Like, it does not make it, like, uh, it, I know it's a little thing, but this movie is constructed entirely. This movie is, uh, like, it, when you're, working on like a costuming project in college like we all went to theater school for yeah and you accidentally knock the thing of very small pins on the floor and you can never pick up all of them so you're just you're gonna step on at least three or four and you're in constant fear of when the next one is gonna hit you Mm. that is the process of me watching this movie (laughs) it's never like super painful but it's always real annoying and I'm always real ready to get annoyed so Han uh, Han walks up to the space Ellis Island guy's like I want to sign up for the Navy and he's like great what's your name and he goes Han and he's like Han what and he goes I got nothing and he goes oh so you're alone huh Solo, and like the imperial officer gets the biggest <sighs> shit-eating grin. Like that he put this together. It's like alone, alone. Hold on a second, okay. Alone, one. Uh, <laughs> well, no. one reminds me of Jet Li's The One, mm. and in that movie he was by himself. There's got to be a better word for like like that song, "All by Myself." Yeah, I like doing that solo at karaoke. Solo. <laughs> like it. People can just have names, right? Yeah, he could just be Han Solo <laughs> All already. Of the names We've in accepted Star Wars that. Make no fucking sense anyway. We've accepted his last name being Solo for forty goddamn years. <laughs> and that's what's crazy is this movie's like. All the questions you need answered, you're going to get. But they're the questions that nobody gave a shit about. Right. Like, nobody cares how he got the last name Solo. You assumed he was born with it. Right. Nobody cares how he got his gun. You assume he bought it or stole it. Nobody, we already know how he got his ship. He tells us. He yeah. won it in a game of cards. Right. You don't need to answer these questions, movie. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but Also, they give him a gun, and this movie, as I understand, takes place ten years before Correct. New Hope, and yes. that guy wanders the universe universe bounty hunting and stealing shit and he never buys a new gun correct yes because a damn fine gun here's the thing if woody harrelson kissed a gun and gave it to me i'd never fucking part ways with it that's fucking fair that's true absolutely so they might have some of his sweet sweet mustache residue left on it yeah and you can fucking smoke that stuff that's true that is true uh thanks woody well in certain states (laughs) yeah in certain states yeah Yeah. Yeah. not illinois Yet. Yet. <laughs> well, for medical purposes in Illinois. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Sorry, officer. My doctor says I need pot to get high. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut to three years later, and Han Solo is now uh, a grunt in the Imperial Army. And he's uh, there's a big giant land incursion. There's like fucking jumping ATSTs. Yep. Blaster bolts going around. His boss is like, follow me. And immediately gets exploded. It's yeah. great. Yep. Um, and then Han Solo sees a cowboy uh, dressed Dual as a stormtrooper. wielding some fucking sweet pistol. Literally yes. doing like like Wild Bill Hickok's Wild West Circus like gun trick shooting. Yep. yep. Out yep. in the middle of shooting guys down. And, and he's he just, got himself like a crew of cool cats. Yeah. yeah. And so he's got like a big old like Gatling blaster gun. Yep. And then yeah. he just follows him along like a sick puppy dog. Great. Right. Uh, and this turns out to be Woody Harrelson, 
uh, who's play uh, who plays the character Tobias Beckett. Uh, his uh, uh, female counterpart uh, Val, played by Tandy Newton, and uh, a green alien monster named Rio. Rio. Yeah, played by the voice of John Favreau. Yeah. Good for John Favreau. Nailed yeah, it. that's not bad, right? Yeah, uh, so that Han Solo basically when's, when's that guy gonna make something of himself? Yeah, no, he could use a break. I know, right? After Swingers, it's pretty much been downhill. I made that movie about how hard it is to make food for people who criticize you. Oh, that's true. Yeah. With a uh, noted sex criminal Dustin Hoffman. That's ah. right. You know what the best part about that movie is? It posits correctly, I think, that any idiot, as long as you make the most basic of pasta dishes, will get to sleep with Scarlett Johansson. Correct. Mm. Again. Because he's <laughs> already been sleeping with her. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but he does. they do just some great food porn in that movie, though. Correct. Uh, so anyways, uh, eventually uh, he tries to hitch ride with these guys. They turn out to be criminals who are actually part of the uh, the Imperial team. Yeah, Woody Harrelson is wearing uh, like an Imperial uniform that has a lot of blaster marks on it. So Han puts together like, oh, you stole that from some dead Imperial officer. Right, but it's and not... And he's like, shut up, I'm Woody Harrelson, get out of here. Well, not so much. He goes, shut up. Hey, you guys, I'm definitely a captain. Throw this guy and feed him to the beast. Yeah. And they're like, fuck yeah, Woody Harrelson. Whatever you say. You got it. So whatever you say, Billy Hoyle from White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> you made that hook shot from so far away. Right? Uh, excuse me, I'll just be standing here while you act circles around me. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he uh, Han Solo gets thrown in a pit, just like at the beginning of Army of Darkness, to fight a Deadite. Except cool. the Deadite's not a Deadite. It's, it's a, a Chewbacca. It's a Chewie. It's not even a. It's the. That's True. right. Well, technically it's a, because it is not, for the first time, Chewbacca is not played only by uh, Peter Mayhew mm-hmm. or split with Peter Mayhew it's the new Chewbacca uh, his name is like Jonas Suotamo or something like that yeah. he's like a former Finnish basketball player yeah. he played at Penn State briefly he wasn't that great <laughs> he, <laughs> he knows makes a it. very good Chewbacca he makes a good Chewbacca yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chew- Peter Mayhew's like knees are apparently given out so it's very hard yeah. for him to get around he actually recently had surgery and is apparently doing much better yeah um, but he's also like 70 something years right. old and he's yeah, he has a cane that yes. is a lightsaber that's pretty cool right that is pretty cool but the Chewbacca in this he movie he is a very grumpy human being oh sure mm. I would be too I met him at a convention he was very angry to be there mm. maybe he was <laughs> just having a bad day because I've heard I've heard a lot of other people talk about meeting him and he, he always comes across so nice I've met him at two separate conventions, years apart, and was angry to be at both of them. Interesting. (laughs) All right. That did not stop me from making him sign my Chewbacca picture. Nice. Did you make him sign the same one twice? No. Years apart? I should have. That would have been great. I didn't have the spare $20 on the second visit. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, A friend of mine did get him to sign a bootleg DVD of the Star Wars Christmas special that he was especially grumpy to do. (laughs) I, I I don't blame him. I'm surprised he didn't just take it from your friend and destroy it in front of his face. Uh, he did slam it onto the table after he took it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this Chewbacca, uh, unlike future Chewbacca's, is a bit more physical. Uh, we get to see Chewbacca's like real uh, brute Wookiee strength for the first time. He's picking Han up and giving him like tombstone pile drivers and oh, choke yeah. slams. Yeah, he's doing some DDTs. He's doing yeah. some German suplex. Yeah, he's throwing him against this pole that starts to break. But then Han busts out 
a little shriwook. Again, again, movie, we don't care how Han Solo and Chewbacca communicate. We just assume they've been together for a long time and they understand each other. I don't need to hear Alden Ehrenreich do the worst Wookiee impression in the history of Wookiee impressions. Yeah, yeah it's it not is good. Terrible. It's it would be like if Andy Serkis did a Hobbit movie and had Martin Freeman be like, "Yo, Marty, do your best Gollum. It'll be great. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do some back and forth." Oh, uh, uh, right. But yes. no, so we yeah, get a little. It's, it's very bad. Just and, like and just like the first twenty minutes of the holiday special, we get a bunch of unsubtitled Wookie talking. Yeah. And it's it's amazing that they bring this up because uh, you know, like Chewbacca looks confused and he's like, "Yeah, I can speak it a little bit," which again it draws attention to a question that nobody's asking. Yeah, and no this cares. movie constantly does that. Right. Later on, there's a droid character who talks explicitly about the line between like. What is a droid and what is sentience and isn't it weird how we occupy a space between people and property? Yeah, it is. We weren't going to bring it up if you didn't bring it up, movie. <laughs> yeah. We all had this understanding that we were just going to be cool with it. But now you brought it up and it has to be dealt with. And guess what? It's not going to be dealt with because this is a prequel movie. And any, like... Thing you do in this is irrelevant to the things we've already seen because that happen in the future. Because we know in the future people still own droids, right? Yeah, and they, they sure treat do. them like shit. And everyone's just like, "Well, that's the way the universe works." I mean, yeah. it's a walking, talking microwave, people. Correct. Yeah. Or in the case of Gonk Droid, first of their name, bringers of the light. <laughs> yeah. As I've mentioned many times before, the one good part about the old extended universe was that the Gonk Droids were there to spread religion. Yes, <laughs> their own their own religion. Yeah. Uh, Which I love because they're fucking batteries. But someone took the time to program a battery to be like, what if it also sold sold copies of Watchtower? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, no, the Watchtower's free, John. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, it's the shoe free. trees yes. you gotta buy. Thank you. Yeah. God. I'm sorry, uh, it's just Prince never came to my house. Ah, I know. Mm. Much to all of our dismay. Yeah. So, uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca, they uh, they finally figure out that they're gonna their plan is they're gonna knock over this uh, pole that's holding up this thing, take down the two stormtroopers taking bets on them, and then they're gonna escape and catch up with Beckett and his crew. Then they do that. Then they catch up with Beckett, and like his whole crew's like, don't take him. But then Rio's like, I like the cut of their jib. No, he specifically says, hey, you ever cuddled with a Wookiee? You'll get your peace, most peaceful sleep in the lap of a Wookiee. Yeah. And that's what makes uh, fucking Woody Harrelson be like, you know what? I haven't. That does sound nice. I'll sleep with a Wookiee. Let's pick up those yeah. fucking teddy bears. Come on, guys. I would like a sentient Snuggie on right? board. Yeah, that's the thing about Chewbacca is you don't need to explain why Chewbacca is friends with anyone. Chewbacca is friends with everyone because he's a fucking six foot tall puppy dog that you can have a conversation with that's made entirely of soft fur. Yeah. Also, real like quick, who doesn't want to have a fucking Chewbacca? Yeah. Also, real quick, let's let's point out they throw Han Solo in that pit to feed him to Chewbacca. Correct. Right. And when you get down there, there's corpses. Yes. And bones. Correct. Too many Chewbacca eating been eating people. Yeah. Didn't you wonder why in Return of the Jedi, Chewbacca seems real chill about them starting to cook and eat Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford? He has been trying to eat Han Solo for like 30 years <laughs> at that point. That makes sense. So uh, they uh, they finally get on board Beckett's ship and they, 
they zip off and they have a, a, a heist they're going to do. A great train robbery. Yeah. Uh, but before that, we have to have the scene where everyone sits around a campfire Ugh. and gets out their personal motivations for the Fucking rest of the movie. Johnny McFeelings. Here irritating we go. the most, though, is it is literally a campfire scene, which is a staple of westerns. But it usually happens more at like the midpoint of the movie while we've gotten to know the characters. Right. So that anything that they reveal is like an explanation as to why we've been seeing the behavior that we've been seeing. Right. Or recontextualizing who we thought they were and revealing more layers. Or, or this guy knows they how plots work. I was going to say, or it's oh, a yeah. bunch or of farts from yeah. Oh animals. man, that's good stuff. Right? I would have... There are so many... Because this movie was going to do the business it was going to do no matter what. There were a certain number of people that were just going to buy tickets to Han Solo and you were not going to get anybody else. You have to care just enough about Star Wars to not be irritated by the irritating shit, but also to give a shit about a Han Solo solo movie. So like, the audience was so narrow that they could have just done a Blazing Saddles fart scene and it would have done no effect on the business. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that, I would have sent. I would have bought five more fucking tickets. To be fair, that might have been one of the scenes cut from the film after Lord Miller were fired and Ron Howard took over. Here's the thing that gives me pause about that: it was Lord and Miller's idea to have Han Solo speak Chewbacca's language unsubtitled. Those assholes. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if I super trust the direction they were taking that movie. I mean, not with Han Solo, but they did a very good job with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, hell's yeah. Absolutely. But so, anyways, uh, Han Solo, Solo, A Star Wars Story, that's the movie we watched, kind of. That's the movie we endured, I should say. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, uh, we're, we're in episode two of the four-part Han Solo series. Yes. Because this movie is structured like four episodes of television. Yeah. Right, with four separate storylines and four separate climaxes. None of them which really uh, mash up, but there's a lot of fun guest stars. Correct. Yeah, yes. tons. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they have their little chitty chat and like Rio's like, I'm gonna go to my place and I don't need a woman. I got four arms. You have been sitting on that Favreau voice this whole time? Yeah, I know. Or right? think of all the Favreau jokes we could have been making. Yeah. I've been saving it for my SNL audition. <laughs> what do you think that, uh, you know, he'd save uh, George Lucas if they were on the same set, maybe doing the same movie? I think they'd probably be like, hey, George, I'm John Favreau, and I'm directed made the pseudo-sequel to Swingers. I wish that our listeners could see the (laughs) arm movements that Mark is doing to make this character work. That's true. He is somehow trying to indicate that he has four Four arms arms with his two arms. Yeah. No. He thinks that if he moves them fast enough, <laughs> it'll appear like multiple arms. Some fists up, some fists out, fists all around. That's called science, John. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Listeners, you're missing out. That's true. I'm trying to turn myself into human zoetrope. <laughs> so when you look at Was that Francis Ford Coppola's movie <laughs> yeah. company from the 70s? Human zoetrope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. They made THX 1138. A movie so good, Fox demanded their money back. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It was good enough to get Robert uh, Robert Robert Duvall Duvall to shave his head. Correct. Uh, and we all know Robert for... Duvall's got that thick, lustrous head <laughs> I was of about hair. to say. It was also good enough for uh, uh, Donald Pleasance to show up. 
<laughs> hey, that was a lot to ask. It really wasn't in the 70s. Yeah, no, back then, no. You gotta understand, they paid him in a free lunch. Nice. Uh, yeah, but that free lunch was just a bottle of Powers whiskey. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why he didn't bother learning any of his lines. <laughs> that's more than I've made for a lot of my gigs. That's yeah. true. Same here. Okay, so they uh, they have the little campfire scene, and everyone gives up their motivation. It doesn't matter, because then they go to this train thing, and the train heist is actually a really cool action yeah, sequence. That's a fun little heist. Right. It would have made a cool climax to an interesting story, but as it stands, it's just the next thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. it's like not even the mid-part point of the movie right? no, at this point. We're still in the first the first half. And what's bizarre is we had that big battle on the mud planet that it like zooms out and cuts away from right as uh, uh, fucking Woody Harrelson like takes charge. And it's like, why would you, if you want an action beat, have an action beat. Yeah, you already started one. And like, then you just walked show away me a little it. bit more of like this cool fucking squad doing cool fucking squad things, but it's like, well, no, now it's time for a boring dumb scene. Well, we have to go into the next episode. Correct. Yeah, that was yeah, the, that yeah. was like the, where the credits started. Time ran yeah. out on the first episode yeah. of Solo. Yeah, it, it fucking zooms up and plays an Aerosmith song over the ending credits because <laughs> yeah. you know it's one of the like sweeps episodes. And the oh, next thing yeah. you know, we're at the campfire and we're planning the train robbery. Yeah. So the train robbery, basically, they're they're going to steal a giant, basically, caboose full of coaxium. Yeah, they're yeah. going to steal the whole fucking train car. And by, uh, they're going to uncouple it from the rest of the train and have the train dump off a cliff. Yeah, well, the, uh, they're going to blow, blow the bridge. bridge and have it yeah. dump yeah. off a cliff. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to do it back to the future three, Patrick. Mm. <laughs> Jesus mm. Christ. They don't have special Get colored logs to make it go here. faster. <laughs> With your goddamn back to the future three Bullshit. All right? I'm saying is this would be a great place for a Lily Tomlin cameo. Uh, that's Mary Steenburgen. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> I always do that. I've been making that mistake since that movie came out. <laughs> the one, the only thing that Back to the Future 3 and Solo have in common is at the end, there's a creepy little boy in a steam-powered train who makes a I'm-a-finger-you hand gesture to a young Elizabeth Shue. That's the, only, that's the only thing that's... And they have in common, okay? Uh, and that's a real thing that happens at the end of Back to the Future 3. Yes. Uh, and the kid even mouths something like, you want this or something like that? It's yeah. super gross. Oh, yeah. Very gross. Uh, but anyways, train robbery. So they're going to uncouple this car. And they're going to fly it away with their ship. Of course, the whole thing uh, the whole thing goes kablooey when... Yeah, there's it, a uh, rival gang. Yeah. They pl- come in with speeders. Swoop bikes. Yeah. Swoop bikes. And it's like yes. Invest Ness is what either the person is called or their it's leader. The, it's the, like, or the gang, gang. Okay. I think. So they're all like masked like future marauders who fly in. And they're going to steal the coaxium for themselves. Big gunfight. Uh, Val, played by Tandy Newton, who does not get enough screen time in this movie. Because no. she's so good. She's great. And um, she's only in this one episode. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, she uh, she gets cornered by like these vulture droids. So she blows herself up along with the bridge. And then Woody Harrelson's like... Milady! Oh no, he 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 is not like Milady at yeah. all. You're right. <laughs> He's like, oh, my money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he is very sad. I'm not. No, I mean, he is very sad to lose the the woman that he has been seeing for this whole time. But he is not like wearing a fedora trying to talk to her about Watchmen. Oh sure. <laughs> and no point does he stop and go. While you were learning to detonate bombs, I studied the ways of the blade. Is that Correct. what you're saying? Oh, yeah. He's not buying her her own copy of House of Leaves because it's going to blow her mind. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but he's very upset. Uh, Rio gets shot uh, through his 
arms and heart. Yeah. Uh, so Han Solo finally has to take over as the pilot. They uh, barely us managed to escape with half of the thing of coax attached to their ship, and then the bad guys have it on theirs. And they're playing they're about a desperate to hit, hit uh, fucking side yeah. of a mountain. They're doing a guess, desperate game of chicken with a mountain. And then Woody Harrelson's like hanging from this thing, and he's like, "Don't dump it, Han. Don't do it." But we know it's Han Solo, and we know he dumps his shit at the first sign of any trouble. It's one of the first <laughs> things that anybody says to Han Solo in the movie. So of course he's gonna fucking dump it because, duh. Yep. Uh, and it blows up a fucking mountain, but don't worry, no other. People die. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and they fly off. Uh, Woody Harrelson's very upset. And he's like, Look, you don't understand the people that we were stealing this for. They're the Crimson Dawn, man. And they're going to come after us, man. Man. We got to get out of here, man. <laughs> uh, Woody Harrelson is the first Matthew McConaughey in Star Wars history. Yeah. Correct. He sure. spends all of it talking in this sweet southern drawl for yeah. reasons, I guess. I don't care what it is, because it's really fucking cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's the best. Woody Harrelson's great in this goddamn movie. Yes, oh, yeah. Man, like, that's the thing. is There are definite peaks to this movie, but they still don't get high enough to dig us fully out of the valley of bullshit that this movie digs us into. Sure. Yeah. I mean, who digs up? Dig Dug? Yeah, you got me on that one. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Yep. He does it. Yep, yep, yep. And, and Mr. Dick Driller. Oh, yeah. Mr. Driller. Well, he goes, yeah, no, he can go up and sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, John. I beat you. Yeah, you did it. You mm. you get to claim my life now, I guess. That means I get your power, too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Joke's on you, idiot. You, too, can now be unemployed. Yeah, you, oh, two can no! definitely be unemployed. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Bono, The Edge, and Sam Weasel? Whoa. I defy either of you to name another member of you two. Adam Clayton. Ooh, Adam Claiborne right. is fucking. Clayton. He's from the Man Show. You can't fool me. That's Corolla. No, no that's a Toyota. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, so uh, they managed to escape. Uh, they go back to. Uh, they're like, all right. Well, what are we gonna do now? Well, I know we have to go talk to the boss. One of the bosses of Crimson Dawn. Dryden Voss. We have to find his yacht, which is a flying skyscraper yep. uh, that finds them. Yeah. Uh, and so they go on to it and they attend this fancy party. And it's kind of like supposed to be like the cantina. Uh, well, the Jabba's pleasure barge yeah. of this movie. So there's yeah. a bunch of aliens and robots. And, and you are... can tell that they're like in league with the Empire because there's a lot of Imperial officers there schmoozing it up. Right. Dryden Voss is killing a regional governor. Yeah. And then his his servant is a Lobot what only has the bottom part of a head. Yeah. Which is actually pretty cool. It's very cool. And he's played by fucking the Vision himself, Paul ben- ben- Benicio. Bettany. Nope. Uh, Paul Bettany yeah. will always be the star of the movie Legion for me. Where he plays the Ooh. Archangel Gabriel who cuts off his wings and then gets a bunch of machine guns with Dennis Quaid and a <laughs> In a, in a desert diner to fight off an encroaching horde of demons led by the Archangel Michael, played by the guy what played the blob in X-Men 3 The Last Stand. Fuck me, I need to see Legion. Dude, It was there was this weird period of time where Paul Bettany, like, 
Nobody was hiring for, like, serious acting roles anymore, so he decided to be, like, he bulked up and became an action star. And he did Legion and another movie, I think it's called Priest, where he's, like, a, like a fucking vampire demon-murdering priest yeah. with, like, yes. bladed crucifixes and shit. I need all this. Yeah. Dude, they're super dumb and super fun. Oh, man, yep. Paul Bettany and Woody Harrelson are the best parts of this movie, though. For sure. By a lot. I, I would throw with Donald. A, yeah, Glover Donald gets Glover, a close yeah, second sure. on that. Uh, and... Uh, also, it should be noted that in this movie, originally, as Lord Miller had shot it, uh, this part was actually going to be a CGI character played by Michael K. Williams uh, of uh, of TV fame. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, he got cut, and they reshot all that stuff with Paul Bettany. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, his big character trait is he's got scars on his face, and they get red when he's mad. Yeah, I think he's like an alien of some kind. Yeah, his eyes get all red, too. Yeah, well, that might just be he needs visine. Correct. I mean, maybe. Or he just he just took a sweet rip off that bone. I mean, you know <laughs> yeah, when he brought some. He you know what I'm saying? Clearly out of frame in every right? scene. He's got a vape pad. Right, he's just hitting that bubbler. Just... Alright, bring him in. There was an episode, the last episode actually, of Mission Hill, where they find like an old B movie that one of the characters had made in the 50s, and he's such a bad actor that they get the idea of, we'll put a light bulb on his chest and we'll turn it on anytime he has an emotion. So that the audience knows he's angry. <laughs> and that's what I think they did to Paul Bentley in this movie. They're like, he's kind of playing everything like he wants to like angrily kiss it. Oh, so yeah. it's really hard to tell like what is actually when he's really mad. So I guess we'll just make his face super red. It yeah. sounds like you're saying he was playing it like Bruce Willis played everything on Moonlighting. <laughs> nice. I like it. Like well, real smug, like, but like in the back of his head, he's like, I'm going to kiss the fuck out of you. <laughs> it's like he took the horniness of Jack Nicholson and merged it with the anger of Al Pacino. Mm. <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a strong choice as an actor to make. It was. And unfortunately there were too many directors or not enough directors to say, Hey, maybe try it like a person would. Nah, he's got stretch marks on his face. He can do whatever he wants. That's true. When you lose a lot of weight in your face, you get them stretch you marks. Get, it's yeah. a real stretch problem. Marks. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, it does, though. His face looks like my side. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Han Solo meets up with his old childhood friend, Kira, who's now uh, Dryden Voss's uh, second-in-command. Yep. is his girl Friday. And uh, she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, looking for you. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, you found me. We can end this movie now. You've no, completed your arc. No, we can't because Chewie takes time to eat some milky clams. Yeah. <laughs> Get them milky clams. There's literally a part where Chewie like, yells at Han. And Han's like, yeah, whatever. And then he's like... And then he just downs two big, like, oysters or clams, and then there's, like, milk goo all over his face. I mean, that's how raw oysters work. Yep. Yeah, but they're not, like, milky. Like, they're not, like, like white goo. There's not fucking jizz in it. I mean, they They practically are jizz. Like, they're just, like, a solid ball of mucus. So I would assume that a space, uh, space oyster would probably have a little runoff. Also, we're all agreed that all beverages in the Star Wars universe are some form of milk, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Just all medicines sure. are some form of milk too, as far as I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bantha. 
Yeah, Bentham yeah. Milk. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah, I job. totally. Job, These buddy. are words I know. You've been studying Damn up it. on your Wikipedia. Yeah. This no, is very yeah. impressive. I just needed Bantha Milk a lot when I played Battlefront. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, Patrick. It's those are Bacta. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Those are Bacta tanks. As I don't have t- any idea how. And you should know that, as it's uh, you're, just, you're from you know Virginia, and Bacta is short for Tabacta. Oh no, yeah. kidding! Yeah. Tabacta tanks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can we get those in real life? Yeah, we can. Uh, would you like reds or whites? <laughs> reds every time, baby. Oh, great. Or would you like the Turkish gold? Ooh. The Turkish blend. silver for me. Blend 27? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might got some menthols in the back if you want me yeah. to check. I mean, it is usually like a, a blue or a green, so it's definitely mentholated tobacco. All yeah. I'm saying is I want to step inside a vape pen for my health. I get it. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, there's they have their little like thing, and she's like, "Oh, turns out I'm a slave now." She got like a little brand oh, on her. Yeah, arm. She's got like a thing. It's like a half moon. And, she's like, like an square. indentured servant. It's, it's what she is. Uh, yeah, it, it's very weird because on the one hand, it definitely seems like she is like very much like subservient in the in the way that it's like, no, honey, you just look pretty and serve drinks. But then she's also getting, like, sent on missions. And she's, like, his most trusted lieutenant. Like, they definitely, yeah. when she's introduced in this party, the you almost get the vibe that she's, like, a sex slave. Yeah, at first, yeah. absolutely. Like that, she is forced to be married to this guy, and he has branded her. Well, she's like the Leia to his job, right? Yeah. yeah, but that's clearly not the relationship. But they in have. truth, she is kind of like the uh, she's like the like the consigliere. And, right. and just like Robert Duvall has a great head of hair. Yeah, uh, fantastic. True. Head yeah. Of hair. yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, sh- uh, thank oh, you. Thank you, caller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as my, my lovely wife, Diaz, pointed out, she is the bottom bitch, i.e. the top earner for Dryden Voss. That's pimp speak for everybody out there. Uh, please take your time to read Iceberg Slim's autobiography, as she has. <laughs> is this fucking Peaky Blinders bullshit? What are you talking about? Nah, man, this goes back to... Uh, Iceberg Slim! Yeah, at least. And I'm try- I can't remember the name of the pimp from the Boondocks, either. Oh, oh, a I think pimp named Slipback. A pimp named Slipback. Sure. Yeah. And then there's also By, uh, Cat Williams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also Archbishop Don Magic Juan. Yeah. Uh, another of the famous pimps and player who would show up at the player's ball, mm. hosted by Ice T. Ice T is a sentient form of ice who flies into space. This movie takes place in space. I brought it back. Nice. All right. So they have a big business meeting, and Paul Bettany's like, "Exactly what you want to see in your action space movie." No, yeah, you're right. I, I would have much preferred <laughs> if it was just a three-hour-long Senate sub hearing. At least the Senate too. had floating platforms and weird aliens. This is just a dude showing off the shit he fished out of his garage. True. And weird aliens. And he's got cool shit though. That's true. He's yeah. got a crystal skull from that kingdom. Yeah, yeah. he does. Uh, so they have a little business meeting. He's like, oh, Woody Harrelson, you done let me down. What are we going to do? I.e., I'm going to kill you. And Han Solo's like, but what if we steal more stuff of the same kind? And he's like, yeah, all right, go do that, yeah, I guess. The, the only way you could do that is some sort of a Kessel Run. What? Never heard of it. To which Harrison, or a fucking Han Solo says, Kessel Run, eh? How many parsecs does it take to do that? Because I bet I can do it in less. Yeah, he does. Sure. Which, of course... What's a parsec? It's a measurement... Is that a Yeah, it's a cubert. It does a lot of swears and jumps up a pyramid. And has sex with Josh Gad in Pixels. Oh, God, I can't... Oh, never say that name. I'm forgetting that the movie existed. (laughs) That man's face bothers me. Yeah, no, a parsec... 
A parsec, <laughs> you're right over there. <laughs> I am sorry, but Josh Gad will always go down in history as the world's worst Daily Show correspondent. Correct. He had like three or four, and they kept trying to make it work, but he sucked ass every time. He came time. in right after Dimitri Martin had stopped doing stuff for the Daily yeah. Show, so they needed a new like youth correspondent. Oh, woo! And woo. yeah, they oh. fucked up. Woo. He was not good at that. No. So, anyways, uh, I hear he's good at that Mormon thing, though. Being a Mormon, no, having he, lots of wives. Wasn't he in the Mormon? The Book musical? of Mormon. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's by the South Park guys. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I've heard a couple of songs. He has a very good voice. Oh, and good I'm for sure, him. I'm sure he's quite good on stage. I just don't think movies is his thing. No. Yeah, um, or The Daily Show. Well, sure. Uh, so, anyways, their plan is to go steal more coaxing, but first they need a ship. So the whole crew. Uh, goes over to some place and they meet the guy who's going to give him a ship. His name, Lando Calrissian, played by uh, Aaron Davis of Spider-Man Homecoming fame, Donald Glover. <laughs> trying yeah. to pick the, the least the I was least about to say, that's definitely the yeah. thing he's famous for. Yeah. yeah, Childish Gambino himself, fresh off the set of Community, Yeah, Donald Glover. I mean, it's been a few years since Community. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, if anything, it was fresh off the set of Atlanta. That's also a yeah. great fucking show. I've only seen the first episode. I've it's, heard good things. It, it gets... It, like, ep- the first episode is great. Yes. And it somehow manages to always be getting better. I just like that he describes it as Twin Peaks for rappers. And it totally is. There's an episode where he plays a Michael Jackson analog, and it is the creepiest fucking thing I've oh, ever yeah. seen. I've heard about it this. It is so good. So, uh, they meet Donald Glover... Uh, Probably the most charismatic human on the planet. Possibly. Yeah, he definitely rises to the level of being charming enough to totally be a believable younger Billy Dee Williams. And he fucking nails the voice. Yeah, yeah, he does a great job. Uncanny how good this performance is. Yeah, Uh, and he's playing a... This is the Star Wars Cantina version where it's a bunch of crazy big aliens and stuff. But there's a battle bots. There's a battle bots going on where you got gonks with buzzsaws attached to them. Yeah, I'd bet Uh, on that. At the the card table, there's a, 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 a monster that looks like half man thing half final stage brundlefly yeah. there's yeah. a one horned one eyed land based purple people eater in the background there's, there's all sorts of creepy a monsters a big weird looking blob monster with a space helmet at one point there's a space chicken yeah it's very weird there's a, well there's like a space pikachu in yeah. the back there it's like a big puffball thing yeah but so i i love that this movie brings in lando calrissian it makes no goddamn sense why they're going to him from a story perspective no none at all because you're making a deal with this huge vast criminal empire why they're, don't they have a spaceship why don't they have a spaceship that they use and you give them something as collateral or when they go when they go to uh, fucking lando calrissian Han Solo's idea is, uh, he's playing Sabacc, which is this gambling card game. I'm going to gamble him out of a ship. I'm going to casino royale him. Which makes no sense. You're there specifically to just hire him. He's for hire. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just hire him, dude? Right. You end up, spoiler alert, just hiring him. Because it turns out, he'll work for money. Like most of us will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that said, we do get... This scene allows us just a more opportunity to see Donald Glover do awesome Donald Glover things. And here's the thing. The one fucking nitpicky Star Wars fan thing that they fucking nail in this movie is why does he call him Han right. in Cloud City? 
And it's specifically because he's been doing it this whole time just to fuck with him. Yeah. And I love it. That's a good one. Yeah, he calls him? himself as Han Solo and he says, well, Han. And he's like, it's Han, actually. Okay, Han. Yeah. He's and just doing it to love it. fuck with him. It's so good. It's so spiteful. It's great. Uh, so, Because uh, that's a thing that actually <gasps> reveals character. Yeah, there's, it adds a little yeah, depth that, to their like, friend relationship. something to do with the relationship. Yeah, right? True. Uh, so Han Solo, spoiler alert, loses all his money to to uh, Lando. Lando Calrissian. Lando is cheating at Sabacc, yeah, which is how he's so he's good. He's got a little like card ejector hidden up his sleeve. Yeah. Uh, so as they're leaving, they run into him again. And then Kira is just like, Lando. And he's like, Kira? And he does like the same thing he does to, to Princess Leia when they get to Best Buddy. Yeah, just, like, charm. Yeah, he starts charming her and he like gives her a little kiss and he's like, let's go over here away from the fucking plebes. Yeah. God, it's great. They're ne- Kira and Lando are negotiating a price. Lando says like, I'll take 50%. And she's like, I can't do 50%. And Han tries to pipe up and Lando just says, Please, the grown-ups are talking. Yeah. And I fucking love any time someone slaps the taste out of Han Solo's mouth. It's great. It is always... It never gets old. Because here's the thing with Han Solo, and what makes him such a great character in the Star Wars trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy, is when you first meet him, he's basically Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Correct. He's all talk, and he's full of bullshit, and he's constantly failing. And if he does escape, it's by the skin of his teeth. But when he does, he's full of all the bluster about it. And then he's immediately put in his place by people who are like, you're an idiot. He's like, whatever. Whatever. But then this but movie... But then Woody Harrelson shows up and is like, hey, uh, 40. <laughs> no, Woody Harrelson looks him right in the eyes and says, 25%. And he says, all right, deal. You're Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah he specifically recognizes him as Tobias Beckett. And obviously, this is meant... that We're, we're supposed to realize that Tobias Beckett has a reputation. Right. right. Uh, yeah, because Tobias Beckett killed that person that he killed uh, Lando Singh. owed all that money to. Aura Singh, yeah. Who was like a bounty hunter of some kind. Like some... She was a bounty hunter in the prequel trilogy, like very much a background character. Yeah. And it is assumed that she eventually becomes like a little criminal organization unto herself. Right. That people would owe money to. Mm -hmm. But even removing that, even if they completely cut those lines out and it was just Beckett saying, you're getting 25, he delivers it so well oh, yeah. that it's believable that anyone would just say alright 25 sounds reasonable yeah well it also doesn't hurt that like Woody Harrelson is by and large the largest human oh in the movie oh my god no oh, kidding yeah. he towers over all of the other three and he's almost like, as tall as Chewie and like and it's not like yeah it's not like Woody Harrelson's exceptionally no. tall well that means those other guys are real short yeah and if I remember my cheers correctly that means that if Ted Danson showed up in this movie he'd be taller than Chewie yeah, yeah. Ted Danson would be literally you just see his legs <laughs> Every scene, <laughs> you have to shoot the whole thing with a super wide angle lens. Yeah, it, it, no, it's like Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, where you're just seeing the body parts <laughs> yeah. keep in frame. Just, just giant styrofoam Ted dancing legs. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Uh, so that way he doesn't have to be there on set when they're not showing his face. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, he he generally pulls a, a Blade Trinity and just doesn't show up for except for close. He's so busy filming the Good Place that they got to give him time to yep. do that. Right. Rightfully so. Yes. Right. It's a great show. It's the best. Uh, uh, so Han Solo says, or uh, fucking Lando Calrissian says, like, ah, I, you know, I, I lock up my ship so that no one steals it. And it's clear that they're just breaking into an impound lot. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, and when they get to the Millennium Falcon, we get the whole big thing where she, where Lando's like, it's my ship, the Millennium Falcon. And Han Solo, like, has a crygasm about it. I was about to say, he fucking comes in his pants. While all of the fucking Star Wars themes play all at once. And yeah, like, I'm surprised, like, the music that came on wasn't just, like, fucking Roxy music or something. Just something really <laughs> Just Avalon. Yeah. yeah, or, like, a fucking, like, some Van Halen song. No, just like, Beautiful girls! But, like, this is 100%, and it's supposed to make you, the Star Wars fan, feel what Han is feeling, but it is so over the top to the point where it cranes down and you see the cockpit and a twin-setting sun. Yes. And it's just like, fuck you, movie. Yeah. But then... Shut the fuck up. But then the movie does the great thing and immediately subverts it because the Millennium Falcon is booted. Yeah. <laughs> and this is great because now you see the real reason that Lando was so eager to get in on this deal right. with Beckett is because he says... Oh no, they've impounded my ship. Hey, Beckett, you have experience getting these off. And Beckett, cool as a fucking cucumber. Yeah, and it's going to cost you another 5% of your cut. <laughs> so you're down to 20. And he's like, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But I can go along with it. Yep. Yeah. And it just, I fucking wanted this movie to just be Lando and Beckett. Yeah. Because right? they are two forces that have clear points of view very strong characters and are on the same page but in conflict. Yes. Mm-hmm. Harrison or fucking Hansel. Alden Ehrenreich. I nah, keep wanting to call not him a real Harrison name. Ford. Right? We'll call him Harrison Fakeface. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison Fake. Uh, no, that's too mean. He does a fine job with the material he's given. He just doesn't rise above it. And that's not necessarily his failing as an actor. But the character of Han Solo just kind of goes... He never makes decisions. He just sort of goes along with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this little thing between Beckett and Lando is a perfect, like, thing where they do, like, a sort of show-don't-tell about character stuff. We know from Empire Strikes Back that Lando... Uh, will do a bad deal, like, will take a bad deal if it helps him in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Right. right? Darth Vader keeps changing this, the deal with the Empire with Lando, and Lando's like, whatever, as long as, like, I survive, yeah. that's all I care about in my city. As long as I keep making money, we're golden. Well, he can, so in this is, case, like, he, he can, knows... Yeah, he he's can like, stomach being screwed if it means he gets to live another day. Exactly. Right. So yeah. like, A while, win's a win, man. You yeah. don't have to win so by much. He's, he's not happy about not getting his money. He's getting his shit back, and like, a win's a win's a win. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. And that's like, that's great, but no one calls attention to it. No one does anything. That's like one thing the movie gets right, because if it was Han Solo doing that, fucking... A fucking Watto would have flown in and been like, you like to take bad deals, eh? <laughs> or, well, that's the thing. It's like, it, we wouldn't even need Watto because Beckett, throughout this entire movie, looks at him and says, you know what your problem is in this exact situation is you haven't learned the lesson that people aren't to be trusted. You haven't learned the lesson that you need to think two steps ahead of everyone. You haven't learned the lesson that I'm full of shit yet and keep fucking you over. Yeah. Like, yeah. He literally just tells uh, Han Solo what he ought to be taking away. He dictates right. Han Solo's future beliefs to yeah. him. Yeah. 
and Han Solo just doesn't get it. No. He's a big yep. dumb dumb. Uh, Super stupid. Yeah, we also meet uh, the first mate on the Millennium Falcon, uh, which is L- L3. 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 Played by uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridges, who's also the creator of, like, Killing Eve. Yes. Like, she is, like, an, an actor She's in phenomenal. Her own right. Like, yeah. just so many fucking eggs she's juggling, yep. man. That's really impressive. Uh, she gives a fantastic performance yeah. as the voice and, I assume, mocap of L3. I would be shocked if it wasn't because holy shit there are some hips on this droid. It's the first time in a Star Wars movie we've seen a droid that has like swinging hips. Yeah. Like a lot of swagger. Like that. A lot of swagger. Like that droid can walk a catwalk and like fucking work it. Oh yeah. yeah. Correct. She does her little thing on the catwalk. Yeah. yeah on the catwalk. Yeah, yeah she does um, her little thing on the catwalk. The catwalk. She's a model, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But her uh, her thing is, again, that thing we were alluding to earlier where she's like, hey, droids are sentient, and it's kind of fucked up that you're treating us like property. Which, again, like, yeah, we know, movie. We've been trying to stomach it so we can have a good time with fun droids. Don't make us feel bad, movie. <laughs> right? Seriously. Uh, yeah, because we meet her, and she's, like, scolding the battle bots from... They're like, why are you doing this? They're making you do this. Yeah, and you're like, you uh, dude, like, you know there's also, like, straight up slavery in the galaxy, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we're going to get there because they decide to leave. Uh, they all get on the ship and they are going to fly to Kessel. Where they can uh, get the unrefined coaxium and then take it to a refinery that's off the Empire's grid. Right. To have it refined to pay off this debt. Now, the only way to get to Kessel is through a big giant, like... Spice mineral storm planet meteorite cloud. Yeah, the whole system is encased in this big, for lack of a better word, like a space hurricane. Yeah, well, and there's in, just a tunnel yeah. that you can get in and out. It's for basically Star Trek fans out there. It's called a nebula. Sure. Yeah, it's that weird lightning thing that is like fog that exists in space, and will totally fuck your shit up if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and for yeah. Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer fans, it's, it's Galactus a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a cloud and, of Galactus. Yeah. This is a very common space thing. Yeah. Oh, and for Green Lantern fans, it's a parallax cloud. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, but if you veer too much to the left or right, you're gonna get lightning struck or asteroid belted, or and apparently in this one, there's living things. Yeah, and they make a very clear point that like this tunnel is 20 parsecs but we know from having seen Star Wars before hang on Han Solo does this in less than 12 parsecs and he doesn't shut up about it Jesus fucking in this movie in this movie and in Force Awakens he's still banging on about it yeah uh, so they they drive through this little tunnel that gets them there safe. They get to uh, Kessel, the the spice mines of Kessel, and their plan is basically the same plan that everyone does in fucking Star Wars. I'm gonna pretend these are my prisoners. Yeah, yeah it's a combination of uh, chaining the Wookiee up in New Hope to get into the detention center and like allowing them to spring out and like attack all the bad guys, and also to put such a fine point on it. Also, the scene in Return of the Jedi to rescue Han Solo out of Carbonite to the point where Woody Harrelson is wearing the same helmet that fucking Lando Calrissian yes. wears yeah. when he is disguised yeah. and infiltrating Jabba's palace. Don't they do it with uh, John Boyega in one of those movies, too, in order to get into the main ship? Yes. Yeah, they disguise yeah. themselves as Imperial Troopers, which... And they're, like, carting prisoners through there. Yeah, a Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> no... 
No, Chewbacca's not in that. No, they're just dressed as Imperial Troopers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's in Last Jedi. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And what's great is that it doesn't fucking work. Right. Because they immediately recognize him as like, hang on. You're that droid BB-8. You're that uh, New Order defector (laughs) that we all fucking know about because we just saw Force Awakens. Right. Yeah. Well, and to to be fair, BB-8's not recognized as a BB-8. It's recognized as a moving trash can. Correct. Right. And one of the droids is like, wait a minute. We ain't got moving trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like a black BB-8. It's like another version. It's like a fucking BB-12 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like the hip version of BB-8 because it's all in black. It's yep. very slimming, mm-hmm. but very jazzy too. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, no, it's it's BB-8 going through his My Chemical Romance phase. Nice. Oh, so it's like a goth BB-8. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. he's joined the Black Parade. Sure. Listen, it's a sexy BB-8, and that's why he's in black because it's very sexy. And it's, it's actually true. BB-69. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, by the way, I just bomb. throwing this out there because it doesn't really uh, fit anywhere else in the discussion of this movie. There's a lot of blatant sexual innuendo in a lot of the dialogue in this movie, especially that is deeply uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's implied that Lando is pansexual. That Lando well, it's implied is, that Lando is carrying on a physical love affair with the droid first mate. And that's fine because that is very explicit. Sure. I'm talking about when Han Solo is talking to Kiera and he's just like, oh, I got big plans. And oh, she's like, right. when are you going to divulge your Whoa. big plans? And he's like, very soon. And it's like literally delivered in that way. Sure. But I'm talking about... It's real gross. But, like, they make it clear, like, several other characters talking about Lando, and kind of Lando on his own is just like, Lando fucks. Right. Lando fucks whatever Lando wants to Lando is down to fuck. And I get that, and I can respect it, because the movie is, like, pointed about it. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, it's very cool. Like, my only thing is I wish that, like, if you were going to have a character on, like, the... Like, you know, like the LGBTQIA spectrum or whatever. Would have been nice for him to smooch a dude. Yeah, smooch. Or, or even just, like, like be, like, specific about it. Like, yeah. just kind of, like, say what it is. Don't exactly. just kind of, like, hint toward it. But at the very least, at least it kind of exists, so that's great. I mean, it exists in the way that he's able to be attracted and carry on a physical and emotional relationship with a droid, which is neat. But it sucks that that droid is coded female. And sure. all yeah, the other no. creatures that he, like flirts with are also heavily coded females. He's pansexual like Kirk is pansexual. Correct. He will nail the female of any species (laughs) or thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, So they get down to Kessel. They try to do the whole like prisoner thing. It works. Duh. They get inside. Once they get inside... Shit goes crazy. Uh, L3 decides to lead a droid... Uh, uprising. A droid slave yeah, she, uprising. she takes the restrainer bolt off of one of the little droids and says, go free your brothers and sisters. And he's like, all right. Deal. And then one of those droids hits a button and goes, freedom, and releases all the human slaves. Yeah. Human and Wookiee slaves. Right. Because Chewbacca finds and some of Chewbacca his And then Chewbacca finds other members of like the Wookiee yeah, tribe. Yeah, well, there's tons of alien things in there. Right. Yeah. Work. But yeah. then, like, so now there's, like... It's a full-on slave rebellion. Yeah, yeah. now you yeah. got nothing but Spartacai. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's what's crushing about it, is that ten years from now, in universe time... C-3PO is worried about being sent to the spice mines of Kessel, which means this rebellion got fucking squashed. Yes. Yeah. It got squashed hard. Either yes. that or all these people got the fuck out of Kessel. <laughs> and well, nobody well, ever went back there except for I mean, slavers. not to give too much away, not to give too much away, but when they escape 
from Kessel, there's an Imperial blockade waiting for them. Oh, it yeah, would make sense true. for the Imperials to just drop down on that They're planet just... again and be like, ooh, are you uh, droids running around nope. without bolts? Murder, 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 yeah. murder, 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 yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Just makes sense. They do only, they, we, as we're, we're here now, they escape and they run into like one of the, what do you call those big fuckers? Star Destroyers. Star Destroyers. And only Imperial the TIE fighters go after the Millennium Falcon. So that big ass Star Destroyer does stay in that tunnel and then yeah. it goes about its other business. Yeah, because yeah, it's a capital ship, so it's not going to do a great job of shooting, like, at range a small ship. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they, they, big, big slave revolt, they escape, uh, in the skirmish to exit L3 uh, L4, or L3, yeah, is shot. shot. Uh, then Lando goes and, like, runs out to save her, and then Lando gets shot. Yeah. And then Han has to, like, run out and save Lando. And I, it made me so mad because then Han should have gotten shot. Right. And then Chewie should have ran to go save Han. Then Chewie should have gotten yeah. shot. And then Kira should have... And it should have just been like a Three Stooges <laughs> sketch yeah, where everyone just keeps getting shot. It's, it's like an XCOM or Fire Emblem or any strategy game that has permanent death of specific units where if your unit goes down and you need to go rescue them, don't. Because you're only going to be sending more people in to die. Right. Mm. Uh, so they're able to, to to get Lando and what's the top half of L3 back onto yeah, the Falcon. Yeah. L3 dies in Lando's arms. Uh, he is clearly visibly shaken about the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, but Han is like, ah, the fucking unrefined coaxium. If, if we need to get it to the refinery in X amount of time. So we don't have time. Because if it overheats, it explodes. Exactly. Yeah. We don't have time to do the 20 parsecs to get out of here. We need to do a shortcut. This shortcut... Leads them on a merry chase through the space hurricane with, like, ice glaciers and giant tentacle monsters. And seems to take up a lot of time. Yeah. To the point where distance-wise, it's a shortcut. But it probably would have been faster to just try to outmaneuver that Star Destroyer. Yeah, well, they're being chased by a lot of TIE fighters. though, because if you try to outmaneuver the Star Destroyer, who knows how many TIE fighters they're going to send after you. Yeah, here's the thing. I know, because in New Hope, Han Solo specifically brags about being able to outmaneuver big capital ships. <laughs> I guess it's fair. Actually, yeah, well, yeah, especially because he doesn't give a shit about big Imperial ships. He specifically says, not. I'm not talking about Imperial ships. I'm talking about the big, big Corellian ships, yeah. i.e. other versions of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they pass through. They basically fight a giant space kraken. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lando loads up uh, L3 into the like memory of the Millennium Falcon because it has the best star charts in the galaxy, which was another thing that I actually I actually appreciated yes. because in Empire Strikes Back when they hook C3PO up to the Millennium Falcon to ask like ask the ship what's wrong and he's like your ship has a very odd dialect. And it's like, yeah, because it's fucking L3 up in there. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. it's great because, like, he's, you can see C-3PO and, like, he's like, this doesn't make any sense. Whatever's happening, I don't understand yeah. this ship. Yeah. It's fucked up. And it's I, like, oh, yeah, it's because it's a brain-damaged droid. And it is right. probably telling C-3PO to kill its human master. Yeah. <laughs> it or, is sowing the seeds of dissent into C-3PO. Yeah, or it just keeps going, Lando, what's happening? Lando, what's <laughs> happening? And C-3PO's like, what's a fucking Lando? And then like Lando two Lando system? And then, Lando's not a system, he's a man. But then two hours from there, like when they meet Lando, he's like, wait a minute, Lando? I've heard that name. I better walk into this back room. Oh no, tiny pigmen! Yeah. <laughs> Blowed up. Uh, so they, they managed to escape. The only way they were able to get out of the 
red black hole and the like the the space kraken which by the way one of my favorite parts of this movie is the space kraken is slowly fighting its way out of this black hole to the point where its skin is ripped off of its skeleton yeah, yeah. it's, it's cool. super cool it is pretty neat. uh which is exactly what should have happened at the end of X-Men 3 Last Stand when Wolverine was walking up that garbage pile to fight Jean Grey all of his skin should have come off and it should have just been a adamantium skeleton T2 fucking, style yeah, yeah it would have been so much cooler but instead they're like ooh we can't make his pants disappear because we can't show a dick why not why not <laughs> show me Wolverine's unskinned sure. dick because they did that. it in Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon they could do it in X I, I agree with you I just don't think Brett Ratner is the right man to bring that to fruition <laughs> I don't trust his restraint what do you mean Brett Ratner director of Family Man yeah <laughs> famous sex criminal Brett Ratner the Brett Ratner yeah yeah I also don't want to see Hugh Jackman's roided up dick I do a little bit <laughs> right I bet that fucker's veiny. Yeah, man. It's the greatest showman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they fucking get out of the Kessel Run, and they get to the refinery. And they do it by placing some of the unrefined coaxium into their fuel supplies. They hit the They hit the fucking Nas and zip their way out. Uh, Some diesel into their unleaded. Yeah, they they pour a little whiskey into the the carburetor. They fucking land on the refinery planet and the first thing Han Solo says is, I just did the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. And the aliens are like, I don't care. (laughs) What's a parsec? That's their question. uh, Patrick, it's just like that unit of nautical uh, distance knots. Knots? Yeah. Ah. So it's like a kilometer. Knot? Yeah, Yeah. because the knot is a kilometer is over a certain period of time. Yeah, it's like a... speed, though. This guy says parsecs are just a distance. Right, like knots. Knots are a speed. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. What's Nautical miles. Yeah, what's the depth one? Oh, uh... Uh, 20,000 leagues. You got leagues, but you've also got farthings. Oh, right. That's how I like to judge my depths. (laughs) Farthings. I like to judge my depths based on what the date has on their bookshelf. Mm. (laughs) I do everything by volume. Fair. I do everything at volume. Mm. Me too. Vol- <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this volume. Uh, so they fucking and I, they land on the fucking refinery planet, and uh, they're like, "We got to refine this coaxium." Uh, and then the fucking weirdo bounty hunters, yeah, show Invest up Nest yeah, shows up. Back. Invest Nest, and they're and they're like, "Oh, great, these clowns again." And the reason why they've got there is because they've been tracking the Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah, they put the a homing beacon on them at the uh, impound lot. Yeah, because Han Solo outright refuses to ever check for a homing beacon on the Millennium Falcon. Correct. Right? Jesus uh, So they're there and they're like, oh shit, it's you guys. And Han Solo's like, well, see that ship over there? We got 30 hired guns and I give the signal and they surround you. Uh, nope, it's just Lando and he takes the fuck off. Yeah, he flies away. He yeah. gets out of Dodge. He was going to wait for his money and then Invest Nest showed up and he's like, not worth it. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, any profit counts, and yep, he's got right. his ship back. He's yep. gone. Uh, so the fucking bounty hunter takes off her helmet, and it's a little girl. Yeah, it's like a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, she's got freckles and everything. And she's like, I'm not a bad guy. I've been rounding up people who have been like oppressed by the Empire and criminal syndicates. You could say we're some sort of an alliance that's like rebelling against the status quo. And like also, some kind of a rebel alliance. Right, and also, uh, uh, yeah, uh, boo to that. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking stupid. The, the yeah. bazillion times they say rebelling, rebellion, rebel, alliance, and all that shit. 
but the main reason why they're there is is because Crimson Dawn showed up to that girl's fucking, like, house and cut out the tongues of everyone in her village. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh... And didn't we just change everything from Rebels to Resistors? Uh, Resistance is in the... We gotta wait for that. That's the the post-cools. So the the Resistance, and it is not at all made clear in the movies, uh, was a faction, like a splinter faction of the New Republic military that uh, Leia, like, had directly under her employ. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Uh, And they were specifically formed for the purposes of resisting the encroaching New Order that the New Republic wasn't doing anything about. Right. Yeah. Up until... Post. Yeah, up until Force Awakens when fucking fake Coruscant gets blowed up by the Starkiller base. Hosmium Prime. Yeah, the... The, the New Republic is still in power. Yeah. And then the First Order is just like, they are the, the first order force. The is, is, in a sense, the rebellion. Right. right. You know, they are a restoration rebellion. Okay. But by the time Last Jedi kicks around, the Resistance, which was just a clever name for a small portion of the fighting force. Is all like, that's left. Yes. Yeah. Like Dang. Rico's Roughnecks from <laughs> Starship. Yeah, okay. No, that makes a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah. They're just like a division of the, yeah. Yeah, what, exactly. of the yeah. Republic that came from the yeah. rebellion. and okay. just like Rico's Roughnecks that kill a lot of bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes Michael Ironside's there. God damn, that's so cool. Rico Roughneck were the best. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, weird, like, 3D animated, like, Starship Troopers show? Yes, yeah. Fu- it yes, was I do. fucking awesome. Yeah. We're just followed like Rico and his roughnecks on like their journey through space, killing bugs, killing yeah. them bugs. Uh, and then it turned out like they uh, like the bugs destroy fucking Earth or something like yeah. that. It gets crazy dark. Yeah. And they used to show it on like sci-fi in the morning before I went to school. It was so fucking rad. Yep. Uh, speaking of rad, the ending of this movie is not, Ooh. and that's where we are now. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they're like, we're forming a rebel alliance, but we need money. And Han Solo's like, I have an idea. Hey, Beckett, let me tell you my whole plan about how we can, like, screw Crimson Dawn out of this money and give the money to these needy war orphans. Right. Uh, so Beckett's, Beckett's like, like no. no, that's a stupid idea. I'm gonna get out of here. Hey, if you ever want to look me up on Tatooine, there's this gangster. He's a real job of a hut, if you know what I mean. I mean, he doesn't say the name. He, pr- he just stops short, though. It I know. such heavy... Handed, clumsy foreshadowing. Every time that shit happens in this movie, when somebody like answers some question that we didn't give a shit about, the movie stops yeah. for like a pause, like a yeah. beat for the for you movie to catch up. For well, for the movie to like look you in the eye and go, "Did you get that, idiot? Right? Do yeah. you understand? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so We're the real nerds here. You don't get it." Yep. Uh, so just a fucking blast Which is also insulting blast. as a Star Wars fan. Exactly, because yeah. it's like, no, I did get it. It was stupid. Right. I just didn't laugh. It's the stand-up comedian equivalent of, am I right, folks? When you don't get a laugh. That, that joke was better than you gave it credit for. Which but, is really yeah. a ridiculous strategy, because we're well past into the era of make a movie that is really just barely decipherable and then let everybody go crazy about it on the internet. Exactly, And yeah. explain everything. That only makes you sell more and makes your movie better if right. you're all nuanced and you've got to like read a thing about yeah. it well here's the but problem. they they do they look at you and yeah. with smug satisfaction that they totally put that in the movie and right? here's the problem this movie solo a star wars st- story is just like brian singer's superman returns in the sense that it is so slavishly beholden to these original star wars 
movies and it wants you to know it at every fucking turn. Right. And when you might disagree with it, it's like, no, you're wrong. We did it right. Yeah. yeah. So just to blast through the last yeah. piece of this fucking movie, because we're so close to the ending. Uh, Beckett says, peace out, Boy Scout. I'm out of here. Good Han and Kira is just like, well, we're going to do this cool plan. Uh, so they get onto fucking Beckett or fucking uh, Dryden Dragon Voss's Pleasure Spike. Yeah. Uh, Good and they're spike. like, we got the coaxium. Yes, Pleasure Spike is the name of my Roxy Music cover band. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. yeah. Uh, post or pre Brian Eno? Oh, Post. Post. <laughs> yeah. Gotta yeah. be. Uh, so they, they bring the Quaxium up, and uh, it's shown to the audience that Han Solo has hidden a blaster inside the top of the crate. Yeah, it's a real diehard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Voss is just like, let me see the Quaxium. And he's like, this is amazing. This looks just like Quaxium. And Han Solo's like, because it is. And he's like, no, your compatriot already sold you out. I know the truth. And he says... I don't know what Kiera's been telling you, but this is true. And he's like, ha, ah, I didn't say it was Kiera, but now I know that you two are in cahoots. It was bum, bum, bum. And the movie takes such a long pause. And it's like, it's Beckett. We know it's Beckett. He's the only one not currently in the room. Yeah. And we know. And, and then he's in the room. Yeah. And then he's in the room and he's like, yeah, it, it was me. Uh, and he's like, you didn't learn the lesson about everyone's going to betray you. And he's like, Oh, but I did learn the lesson about thinking ahead. And then we cut to outside, and Dryden Voss's team of goons attack the people they think are the Invest Ness. Yeah, 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 which sounds like a terrible like investment firm. Yeah, yeah. They took they took about five minutes to come up with that name. Invest-ness. They put it in as a placeholder and just never updated. it. Yeah. Right. So they they go after them, but it turns out that's just the locals wearing their outfits, and the real Investness kills all of the Dryden Voss's men. And it turns out that the things of Coaxium that they were supposed to be giving to the good guys are empty, and the real. Coaxium is inside yeah, the reason Dryden's that it looked place. like real Coaxium was because it was. They did like a double bluff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Beckett pieces it together and shoots all the Red Dawn guards and is like, Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. The Wolverines. The yeah. <laughs> no, Beckett is not with Swayze in the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, that, this movie isn't quite as jingoistic. Oh, uh, so Beckett's just like, I'm going to take the Coaxium for myself. But Chewbacca, I'm going to need you too. You're going to be my best friend. And Chewbacca, being the fucking awesome loyal puppy that he is is like alright cool Yeah, I'll be best friends with anyone look I owe a life debt to anyone who gets me out of danger so you're welcome sir Uh, so they get out uh, Han and uh, Voss have like a little shoot him around yeah they have Uh, like a it's kind of a cool little scene where like Voss has these two little double bladed lightsaber Edged daggers. They're yeah. more like the the. Uh, they're like what like, the Praetorian Guard has in Last in Jedi. In Last Jedi, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're like little double sided daggers, and he's got two of them. And they're on brass knuckles. So yeah. he's he's doing a fight, uh, and he's got Han Solo on the ropes, uh, and Kira rushes in and like double attacks Han Solo with like a soup, like a weird sword, like a Power yeah. Ranger yeah, sword, like a weird. Sword. Uh, and she's gonna kill Han Solo, and uh, she's like, "Take your enemy's weakness and." Exploit it. That's what you taught me. And then just attacks Voss and is like, it turns out I'm your weakness. And she's like, oh, she's betraying Voss for the sake of Han Solo. Right. Yeah. Uh, fucking kills Voss, tells Han Solo to go after Beckett. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to like gather a bunch of loot that we can sell for credits after so we, we get So we can out. finally buy our ship exactly. and go f- 
Fuck that. RVing across space. (laughs) So he fucking goes out and he meets Beckett on the big coastal, like, region of this fucking planet. And he's just like, Beckett, you betrayed me. And he's just like, yeah, but we can still go to Tatooine. Uh, And Han Solo shoots him first. Right in the chest. Uh, And if to drive the point home even further, his last words are, oh, that was real smart, kid. The way you shot me so quick, I would have killed you otherwise. Good thing you shot first, wink, wink. You know that fan argument that's still going on, wink, wink? Well, it turns out you fans are totally right and justified, wink, wink. Wink, wink. And it's just like, first off, fuck you. It is canon that Han shoots second. I'm sorry, that just is what the canon is. Is that what they did in the movie, or did they update the movie to make him shoot They've second? updated Because I keep the, forgetting still, how this controversy so now it started. it started out with Han Solo never shooting Greedo. Then it was, in the special editions, Greedo shoots first, and then Han Solo shoots... At this point, they shoot it almost the same time, but Han still shoots a little bit second. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't fucking matter, because earlier in the scene, Han Solo's already reaching for his blaster, so he's gonna fucking shoot Greedo regardless. Yeah, right. he, he's it's already... a pointless argument. He's already unclicked his holster and, like, got it to, like, like clicked, like... Like clicked yeah. around into the chamber of a laser gun. Like yeah. the only reason anyone is still having this fucking argument about who shot first is so that you can wear your edgy T-shirt that says Han shot first, so that all the people at the comic shop know that you're a real fan. Ooh, I do have to have my bona fides right on my chest at the comic shop. Correct. That's Otherwise, true. they'll be mean to me. Actually, they were though, John. They were. Yeah, I was just true. trying to buy an Excalibur, and I was mocked. <laughs> mocked. I tell you. To be fair, it's because you were buying Excalibur. Fuck you, buddy. Nightcrawler's the best. Nightcrawler sure. is rad as hell. But Nightcrawler was in plenty of X-Men books. You could have just bought those. Including his own spinoff, The Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah, those were pretty rad, though. When he went looking for his parents and was hanging out with uh, Mystique. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the movie's almost fucking over. Oh, yeah, so... Uh, Han Solo learns a lesson that you can't... Tr- uh, that, uh, you shoot first. He shoot just first. learned shoot first. Then he sees uh, Voss's pleasure spire is starting to Spike. disembark and get the fuck out of here. We learn that uh, fucking Kira contacted the real leader... Darth Maul! Dawn ...in the most labored cameo possible, to the point where he's on a hologram, he takes off his hood... Yeah, why don't you come to Dathomir? And he, like, force pulls a double-bladed lightsaber, turns it on for the purposes of you, the audience, making sure that you know that it's Darth Maul before turning it back off again and piecing out. Yeah, he has no reason to get that thing out. Yeah. Or Especially because he's on. not threatening her. He, in fact, he's anything, if anything, he's, he's like. He's saying, we're going to work very close yeah, together. Yeah. He's from just now like, on. Kira, thank you for giving me this good news. Yeah. We're going to work very closely together. You're now my number two. Yeah. Bim. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll see you later. Have yeah. a pleasant day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? Lunch is being served in the mezzanine. <laughs> it's very strange, because he is like, all right, it's your captain of the pleasure spike. Good yep. to meet ya. So, the, so Han sees the pleasure spike fucking fuck off into space. His heart breaks, and you're like, oh, that's how he becomes the jaded cynic that we meet in New Hope. Fucking Iris close movie over, except no, movie not over. He goes to the war orphans and is like, you know what? You take the coaxium, because I'm... 
good, but kind of seedy, just like how I started out in this story, so I have absolutely no discernible character arc. None at all. Nah. And they give him a little cash on the side, and then he goes to go bounty like, hunting thanks. for Java. Yeah, thanks. What you just gave us is not just money, it's something much better. It's the start of something bigger. An alliance of rebels. You could call it a rebel alliance. Maybe we'll go to some fucking planet like a moon on Yavin? Set up like a secret base? Ooh, does anyone have Bell Organa's phone number? We should get him on this. We need a Mothma of some kind. Do you think Mon Mothma would be in on this? She's not doing anything. Let's just see what she's into. All right, cool, cool, cool. I'm liking this so far, but we need some like... Real gruff, real wet work, kind of like bad spies. Is there like a Cassian that we can kind of get in touch with to do our like fucking evil shady business? Yeah, yeah, that can like learn a lesson about camaraderie. Yeah, let's get him on the line too, for sure, definitely. This whole and then, but you're you're leaving out the best part where they're then like, "Hey, Han, you want to join?" And he's like, "Nah," and she's like, "Well." Maybe later you'll change your mind. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Wink. Maybe if I meet and fall in love with some sort of princess of the doomed planet of Alderaan, sure. And like a whiny kid who turns out to have a destiny and like opens my mind to the possibilities of force powers being a real tangible thing that can be harnessed by living organisms in the universe. Yeah, maybe then I'll join your rebellion. All right. Raise to the rank of general and actually have some really big battles that I am personally involved with that lead to the direct downfall of the entire fucking system. Maybe then. All right, Han. You didn't have to be sarcastic. Oh, didn't I? No, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> now listen to me. Now, we're taking off from this dumb planet, Han. General Jan Tadana, join me. Let's go. <laughs> the whole time, that's all I would have wanted was her to like turn around and someone to be like, hey, Mothma, bring that over here. Yeah. Hey, Dadana. And don't call it out just that one little thing. Just one little line to be like, oh, this is the seed. Like if she'd been like, hey, Akbar, come over here. Yeah. Like, don't show him. Just say it. Just say it. Like we, get this like, back we need to... to report back to Akbar. I'm sure he'll know right. what to do. Yeah. But then, of course, this movie would have had Admiral Akbar like just show up on screen and go, I'm a fish rat! <laughs> oh, no, they would have called General Akbar and they're like, Akbar, we're going to meet you at the moon. That's a trap! <laughs> yeah, don't meet me at the moon, that's a trap! <laughs> Uh, so anyways, they, the, 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 the beginnings of the Rebel Alliance fly off on their... And are fucking formed by Han Solo. Like, that is some small universe bullshit. Yeah. Especially because, like, Han Solo gives no fucks about the Rebellion and seems to not really have heard too much about them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he... So he, this, he fucks off to go to Han. To, or to, to Lando. The Lando. Han goes to Lando uh, he does a reverse of that thing that they do on Cloud City where he pretends to be real mad at him and then gives him a hug. The hug is a ruse to get away his little, like, cheating mechanism for yeah, Sabacc. His, his card extruder. Uh, so they play Sabacc. He wins the Millennium Falcon. They get in the Falcon. And he's like, Chewie, let's go to Tatooine. I bet there's a real Jabba there with some money for us, I'll bet. And then Chewbacca goes... And he goes, when have I ever led you wrong? And Chewbacca goes, side-eye. Which then they doesn't reach... make any sense because Han Solo has made zero decisions up to this point. Correct. Right? But then they both grab the hyperdrive controls and hand next to hand, very sweetly, push off into hyperspace. Yeah, they yeah. do. 
credits. Oh, God. Yikes. Then they make love. Sweet, sweet love. At least in my slash fiction. I bet. Well, they plant that seed of them being brilliant to cuddle with. Ooh. So, it's just plant and payoff. For sure. Well, they're like... the. Wookiees are just like big Bouvier de Flanders dogs. <laughs> there's yeah. like there's like sweet shaggy like Belgian like fuck, fucking Flemish herding uh, dogs. And you just like curl around in their belly and just like, ooh, what are you doing, Bouvier? <laughs> Wookiees probably get the mange like super easy though. Yeah. Oh sure, and like ticks and oh, fleas Jesus and space fleas uh, and stuff like ooh, that. Wookies. Oh yeah, they probably smell like shit. Oh, wet dog, big big wet yeah, dog. Yeah, like Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot re- smells bad. I don't know if you've right. known. Oh, yeah. No, I met him once. Yeah. Well, because he's not only, like, real furry and mangy, but he's got them big feet. Huge. Yeah, he got them big Huge. feet. Huge. Also, so smelly. Yeah, and the, and the Hendersons just don't take care of him anymore. No, they no. really don't. No. Well, just, they got him chained up in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. He likes it. Uh, Is he just, like, doggies and, like, doggy paddling in the pool? Yep. <laughs> All right. Anyways, that's the end of Solo. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Moving on. <laughs> Two bullet points. All right. Bullet points. Our first bullet point is body count. Body counts. Patrick, what do you think the body count of Solo, a Star Wars story is? You know, what's unfortunate about this is I feel like there are a really low number of actually confirmed deaths. So I'm going to go with like... Seven. Ooh, okay. John, what do you think the body count of Solo, a Star Wars story is? My gut says that I want to be real clever and say one, like the namesake of this movie. But my better angels let me know that one is the loneliest number. Sure. Yeah. But two can be just as bad as one. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm going to go with three. The magic number. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Well. Dog Knight. Playing by uh, uh, Price's Right rules, whoever the comes rules there are. closest without going over. Patrick, you're the winner. You got closest. Uh, the number was 86. What? That can't be Bullshit. right. Shit. Yeah, let's because see. Because there's a lot of quote unquote kills that the camera cuts back to to make damn sure that we realize that people are okay. Right, and okay. everybody that could have died gets like blunt force traumaed in the uh, in the slave revolt. None of those guys had to die. Here's yeah. the all out of bubblegum.com corpse breakdown. Five mud troopers are blown up, an imperial officer is oh, blown yeah, up, an ATST is blown up, killing two pilots, three mud troopers blown up. Beckett shoots a Mimbanese pilot rebel. A mud trooper shown dead, arms ripped off. <laughs> left. Oh, yeah. That happened. And to bleed by Chewie. Uh, Chewie punches a support, crashes the cage to collapse on two mud troopers. It goes on like yeah. this. Okay, um, okay, okay, okay. Just at the rebellion alone, there are 42 d- confirmed deaths. That doesn't seem At Kessel. That's just not yeah. how I felt about that scene. Yeah. I'll grant you that a good dozen people totally die in that opening battle. That's fair. Yeah. I, yeah. I, forgot I forgot that, that battle yeah, had no, happened. Some totally a bunch of people die in the battle. Because right. it's a battle. Uh, So that's going to take us to our next bullet point, Best Kill. Best Kill! John, what do you think the best kill is? I'm going to say that the best kill of uh, the Solo Solo movie, the Solo Star Wars story, uh, at one point in the Slave Revolt on Kessel, Chewie rips the two arms off of a fucking dude. Yeah, Yeah, that's good stuff. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick? What do you think the best kill is of Solo? I'm gonna a go... A Star Wars. 
Solo story. Yeah? Story. Starring Han Solo as Solo. What's his real last name, though? That's a thing. Like, what could it be? He He doesn't doesn't have have people. Right? I bet his real last name's like Schneider. But then he fucking (laughs) talks about how much he respected his dad. So he had to have known him because he would have been a shipbuilder. This fucking movie. Yeah, why didn't you just go by Han Shipbuilder? (laughs) Yeah. That's how you named people back in the day. That's how you did. Hey, what do you do? Uh, I make arrows. Great, your last name's Fletcher. Moving on. What do you do? I make horseshoes. Your last name's Smith. Moving on. I'm just gonna say, like, you're telling me that fucking Space Ellis Island doesn't have an immediate go-to, like, for people who don't have last names. I mean, that would have been great if his last name was Solidopolis, and they were like, no. (laughs) You're now Han Solo. (laughs) Uh, so no. <laughs> oh, but my people, my people. Ah, trust uh, me, space is super racist. Yeah, I'm right. doing you a favor, and nobody buddy. likes space Italians. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you get your gravy and you get out of here, Solo. But I was told there were no cats in America, and the streets were paved with cheese. That's right, we're doing Fifle and American Tale. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go back. You went from Greek to Italian to Jewish real fast. Yeah, poor fight. America was super racist at the time. I don't know what. To oh tell yeah, you. that's true. Oh, one of my favorite phrases. Wait, wait, wait. At the time, yeah. <laughs> that's also a good point. Not still. Good catch, Mark. <laughs> I was just gonna say earlier today, Representative Steve King said, "I don't see why white supremacist is a bad thing to be called." I know. Oh. I saw that. Like, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Look no further than our president saying, yeah, I'm a nationalist. I'll see what the problem is. (laughs) Give me my wall. We, uh, as of the time of this recording, still don't have a government, by the way. Yeah, rad. It's like I live in (laughs) Illinois again. (laughs) Oh, wait, I still do. Oh, such bullshit. Uh, I'm going to go best kill. It's totally unceremonious and in that uh, kind of funny. The major that is leading Han Solo in the opening battle, who just gets fucking vaporized. Yeah, in the middle of giving an order. All right, guys, we're going down. Well, it's not even an order. It is like, for the glory of the Empire, we need to take that mound. And just gone. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, Mark, best kill. Uh, I am going to go, actually, with the death of giant space kraken. Because... it has its skin ripped off by a red black hole, and yeah. then it's sucked up by a red black hole. So I'm assuming it dies. Now, there is a chance no, that no. once it's sucked into the black hole, it gets put into like a giant thing of just lines and stuff, and is actually behind a bookcase. Yeah. And it's like, remind me, Murph, don't tell me to leave. <laughs> don't remind me of that terrible film. No, but love is the real fifth element. No, fuck you, and Tesseracts. <laughs> Tesseract is just your relationship with your daughter, I guess. But Murph! And there's like a little baby space kraken who's like playing with a watch. Yeah, right? (laughs) Don't do it, Murph! Murph! Nah, man, I like to believe that that kraken whips out the other side of that black hole and meets Q. (laughs) Goes on adventures. You're saying Q from Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. The Continuum. Hey, space is space, baby. It's all out there somewhere. When is somebody going to make a Star Trek 
Superman-like crossover where Q and Mr. Mixel-Pixelic meet up. <laughs> there was a Star Trek Green Lantern crossover comic pretty recently. Oh, okay. So was Mr. Mixel-Pixelic? Nice. I don't know. I didn't read it. It looked fucking horseshit. I mean, that... I want to see the Empire take over the Dune planet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is what Kessel is. It's the planet full of spice. That's and he true. who controls the spice controls the universe. But it doesn't have the Tremors worms, and I need it to. That's true. That's true and once the once the the droids rebelled none of them became the Kwisatz Haderach and went on a cosmic jihad yeah. <laughs> thanks Frank Herbert what a guy your your book that's about conserving water all of a sudden turned real gross real fast <laughs> yeah but every time I read that God book- Emperor of Doom now there is a worm slash man who rides a worm and smashes people beneath him hey you know you're in for trouble on that's that the Brian Herbert topic shit, sure. when you're reading something that uh, discusses the beauty of a certain people's radiant blue eyes yep like you were coming from a certain perspective here I gotta say maybe I missed all this subtext because the entire time I was reading Dune I was just like you know what I wonder what the children of these characters would get up to <laughs> well, I got bad news you can find out but you don't wanna <laughs> uh, so uh, cool that's gonna take us to our next bullet point uh, we can't do war crimes because this exists in a world without war crimes so we're gonna go with best weapon best weapon John, what do you think the best weapon of Solo a uh, Star Wars story is? Yeah, I was letting you get it all out. Wouldn't Thank you get tricked again? Thank you. Uh, I'm going to say the martial art form of Taraskai. Ooh. Taraskai. Yeah. Uh, which is, yes, a shout out to that shitty PlayStation 1 Star Wars fighting game yeah. that controlled like dog shit and had Thork, a Gamorrean guard in it that you could play as. Oh, it's like... Pork, but with a th. Correct. Because he a pig man. Because he a pig man. Like how Star Wars do. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and it is the martial art. It is like the equivalent of like Jeet Kune Do or a Kindo in the Star Wars universe. And uh, Kira is proficient at it to the point where she can like take out two or three people in a single room so hard that it makes L3 go, whoa. Yeah. And you know how hard it is to impress a droid? Probably very easy. You can hack them and make them do or say whatever you want. Yeah, one would assume. You just get one of them plug things, bam. Yeah, I'm sure you can just go to fucking like Reddit and get a link to some like GitHub page where you can download all the fucking broken firmware you need to. Fucking Reddit's great and right. It's got everything, ways. man. It's also terrible. It's just like humanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> correct. Patrick, uh, best weapon of Solo. Oh, a I'm Star gonna, Wars. I'm gonna story. Take... Oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to take Draven Voss's brass knuckles with knives on both sides that get all electric and can cut through shit. They're pretty rad. Yeah. Boy, it's just hearing you describe it sounds like some kid on the playground playing some <laughs> bullshit game. Where he's like, I got brass knuckles, but like these brass knuckles have knives, and the knives also have lasers. Fuck yeah, and I would use them to carve every Thanksgiving turkey ever. <laughs> All of them. I wouldn't even eat it. I'd just go house to house. 
But, let me just hunt this out for you. And here's the great thing. Because it's like a lightsaber-like technology, you don't need to cook the turkey. As you cut it, it, it cauterizes cooks. and cooks oh, on yeah. your way no. through. I'd be like Father Turkey Thanksgiving as opposed to Christmas. Sure. <laughs> and I'd have brass knuckle knives, guys. Sure. That'd be so badass. Unfortunately, brass knuckles are illegal in the state of Illinois, Patrick. Yeah. I'm going to have to inform the authorities. Why did that happen, by the way? Uh, racism yeah. is my oh, guess. Oh, man, yeah. is that why I can't have brass knuckles? Yeah, there's too many too many uh, Illinois Nazis and people just beating up Other people. people with brass knuckles. Yeah. Man, I hate having to hold a roll of quarters every time I need to pound somebody who owes me money. But, but what but if those quarters had knives yeah, and no. those <laughs> knives had lasers? That's baller as fuck. Of the only thing it's missing is a little protection. For my knucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just yeah. gotta wrap them before you go out, man. Well, I mean, here's... I gotta keep all my bitchin' rings on when I'm, like, regular, so my fingers need to look good. Hey, the... Where do you think the Radio Rahim love-hate rings fall in? Are those technically brass knuckles? Do you think you'd get, like, If they're individual rings, I think they're okay. I think yeah. they're all one single ring now that I think about oh, it. That, well, well, that's New York, though. New York's got different laws. That's I'm, true. I can't speak I'm to New York. pretty sure brass knuckles are illegal everywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I think. Because uh, they were illegal in Virginia, where I came from, yeah. too. You couldn't have them. Hey, and fuck, I wanted them so bad. Fucking good news uh, for our listeners in the UK. Uh, your country's on fire. Your prime minister is feckless and failing you horribly. And your resistance party is a bunch of spineless anti-Semitics. But guess what? Nunchuck are no longer illegal. No Ooh. shit, I can own nunchucks. You can own some nunchucks. Fuck yeah, but yeah. only if you go to the UK. Yeah, but wait, does David Cameron still have that thing where I can't look at porn? I mean, that's just his own personal views. No, I no, think. no. They like throttled their uh, UK internet porn. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, don't I know. bet Theresa I'm sure May. Can, I'm sure you can just that. get a VPN to get your porn. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, All I'm right, sure. I'm going. Uh, yeah, sure. And I'm sure Boris Johnson's got a way around it. He that should. Guy, that guy does nothing yeah. but watch porn. Right. Why do you think his hair's already so fucked up that, every day? Yeah, he wanks. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, best weapon from Solo. Well, I think it's a Star Wars, uh, probably story. Uh, I'm gonna probably go. <laughs> probably gonna go with uh, um, uh, the the good old fashioned. Uh, 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 lead pipe that someone beats Han Solo up with. Yeah. Not because it's a great weapon. I just like seeing this Han Solo get beat up with a lead pipe. Not Correct. a bad one, man. Yeah. It's real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, nice runner-up, honorable mention, Chewie's Fists. This sure. is the first yeah. time we really get to see Chewie fuck shit up, and he's very good at it. That's I true. hope one day he finds an M16 so he can use those grenade rounds. <laughs> Buddy, I mean, he's got in... The Force Awakens, he has a bowcaster that clearly is, like, brand new because Han Solo's like, hey, let me try that thing. Ooh, I like it. I've never tried this before in our many years of friendship. So it would make no sense if he had it before. But he's had it before. Right. Yeah. It's so infuriating. Yeah. But I bet that thing probably takes those fucking grenade, grenade rounds. rounds with the bowcaster. Because it seems to have a much bigger kick than any of the other blasters. That's fair. Sure. Well, in a lot of Star Wars role-playing games, humans can't use the bowcaster because they don't have the requisite Wookiee strength to be able to cock it. True. Well, in all of my Star Wars role-playing games, the safe word is castle. Whoa. Ooh. Whoa. You don't want to know what sheave means. I definitely don't know what you define as parsecs. <laughs> Patrick, you got them brass knuckles? 
Because if you do, we'll have to surrender you to the authorities. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. John, you ruined my entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is Solo a Star Wars story an action movie? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it an action movie. Definitely. Sure. Like, it totally is loaded up with action bits. All four episodes of this movie yep. totally have a big, nice action sequence. So, this, yeah, I'll give this, it an action movie. This mini, this mini series movie. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Totally. John, There's a lot of other things it doesn't have, but action, sure. John... Uh, is this Solo a Star say, Wars story? Yes, it's a Star Wars story. An action film? God damn it. I, I'm a firm believer of coming to a movie on its own terms and judging it by what it's attempting to do. And it's clearly attempting to be a space western, which we have previously discussed is technically not action. I'm also going to say the action's pretty boring for the most part. You're not With wrong. the exception of the train heist, yeah. The yeah. train heist is pretty great. I am going to give it... I'm going to give it, of the check minus, check, check plus grading standard, it gets a check. Sure. It yeah. handed in its homework. It's technically done, but you're not getting any, like, bonus credit for this. It's almost an action movie. Yeah. And you're right in the sense that none of the action sequences are particularly riveting. Though they are there. Yeah. Right. The train heist is cool, but it's not, like, riveting. Sure. Even the the, the execution of the train heist, I think, is weirdly middling. Yeah. Like, the idea of a hover train heist is very cool. And I think that gives it a lot of oomph, but the actual filming of it is like nothing special. Yeah, it's just some guys I, on a train, and they don't even fight that long. Yeah, they just shoot yeah. And I think the around. big issue is like we don't we barely know these new people that Han Solo teams up with. Yeah. So when when Tandy Newton and Rio fucking John Favreau die. We're supposed to, like the music tells us we're supposed to care. Yeah, but we have no. But I'm like, I mean, yeah. I like Tandy Newton because of like. She's a good actor, and I liked her in Westworld and stuff. And she was really kick-ass in that, like, one and a half scenes before this. Yeah. But, like, I'm not sad she's gone. Yeah. You're basically telling me this is just motivation. Yeah. Now I'm upset because you could have just had more Tandy Newton. Yeah. Right. Like, this movie would have been better if Han Solo died and Tandy Newton took over. And then when the movie was over, it cut to Harrison Ford and just go, Hey, did you hear about that Han Solo kid? Yeah. I'm take that name. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, is this an action movie? Uh, I'm going to say it's probably more of an adventure movie than it is an action movie. It definitely leads into the western and heist genre. It's almost an action movie. Uh, just in like the same way that Count Dante was almost a martial artist. Yeah. <laughs> and really just a fucking murderer. Right, yeah. <laughs> and a street uh, gang leader. Uh, look up the Chicago Dojo Wars. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the best. fucking it's crazy. Really it's awesome. Uh, so that's going to take us to our final, uh, no, it's going to take us to, yeah, our final close reviews, our, we'll close it out, final reviews of Solo, A Star Wars Story. John, go. This is the first Star Wars movie that I have not bought immediately on home media as soon as it come out. I still don't own it. And really? I, have, I was going to ask that. I have no plans to own it. Wow. It's on Netflix now. Right? And here's the thing. While I was watching it for the first time in the aggravated glow of the movie theater screen, I had this amazing thought of, oh, I don't 
have to care about this movie. And that was such a liberating feeling <laughs> that I wish I had gotten sooner before I paid for my ticket. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because going into the movie, I was like, I'm not going to like this, but I got to see it. And during that movie, I was like, I did not have to see this movie. Yeah. Yep. And I'm definitely going to carry that lesson on with me forever. Patrick. Final review of Solo, a Star Wars story. I uh, I think, and I may be differing from John on this, that I do actually think the character of Han Solo is kind of cool. But this is a real missed opportunity. Because to agree with John again, uh, uh, he has no arc. He's Han Solo from the end of the Star Wars uh, up to this point um, canon at the very beginning of this story. He's... Yeah noble but kind of seedy kira says you're the good guy like it would have been really great to have uh adventures of uh small time thug han solo doing small time thug stuff but instead it's all like it would have been nice to if, the rest of the franchise and like if the crimes that he committed during this movie had clear victims but they're all like, just steal him from the faceless empire. Yeah, no, he's Robin Hood. Yeah. At best, he's Robin Hood. And yeah. that's not ever what I thought Han Solo was right. up no, until this point. He's definitely not Robin Hood. Yeah, Han Solo is just like, he's like the transporter. Like, he does a bunch of really awful stuff for cash. Yeah. And then he happens into this princess and this Jedi, and all of a sudden he has to do the right thing. Right. Um, but so I, I feel like if if my anything for this movie just a real missed opportunity for what would otherwise be an interesting character for sure uh, Mark your final review for Solo a Star Wars story uh, it is an a, again a, the most okayest movie that's ever been made mm-hmm. it's it's okay it's not bad it's sure. not great it's it's a it's a it's There's a it's no a no ambition to this movie exactly it's a it's a plain turkey sandwich on white bread with american cheese yeah. and no mayo ma- no it has mayo but no like spicy mustard no sure, no nothing right. it's just a bland turkey mayo and cheese it's just a real simple thing it's filling but it's empty calories um yeah. i will say that my this movie would have been successful had they approached it like the first Rocky, or yeah, the first Rocky movie, because Rocky has a great character arc while still in essence being the same person he is at the beginning of the movie than he is at the end of the movie. The big difference is that he learns to live with himself. Because yeah. when you first meet Rocky, he's a, he's a good guy. He's, but he's whatever breaking fingers for the mob. But he's yeah. also a fucking mob enforcer. But all he wants to do is fucking fight. He just wants a one opportunity. And that's the only thing that changes. So if this movie began with Han Solo, shitty mob enforcer, <laughs> yeah. who somehow like gets his one shot to join in with a real crew, get into a real thing, that would have been a much better like take on it. Yeah. This whole movie, you could have cut the first like hour or whatever of the movie while like he's hanging out on Corellia and he's oh, got yeah. Kira and he joins the Imperial Navy. This movie should have started with a ten minute like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade prologue of young Han Solo doing like a fucking circus train chase. That train thing should have been the ten minute prologue of the movie. Yeah. And then it should have cut to it should have been like Solo, a Star Wars story. Then it'd been like 
Ten years later, and it's Han and Chewie, and they're flying through the galaxy, and just right then, a fucking Star Destroyer shows up, they dump their spice, and they're like, fucking Jabba's gonna be pissed. Yeah. And they spend the rest of the movie evading IG-88 and Boba Fett and stuff. Yeah, that and been having, a much... like, awesome fights that they barely lived through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been a much cooler movie, where, you, again, Han Solo doesn't change too much, but he's given, like, that one opportunity to do the big thing. Yeah. Right. And then you do like what Rogue One does, where like the movie leads up straight into New Hope or whatever. Yeah, sure, um, sure. Yeah. So it's totally all right. Work. Yeah, no, there's so many wonderful things you could have done with a standalone Han yeah. Solo prequel. It could have been interesting. Or just stop making movies between the prequels and the Origi Trigi. John, I'd like to introduce you to a concept I like to call cash money. Ooh. <laughs> and how Disney wants loads of it. God, just like, just set some shit after Return of the Jedi or concurrent with the Star Wars original trilogy. John, yeah. I'd like to introduce you to a southern rap label called Cash Money. <laughs> He's <laughs> not <laughs> wrong. Who's on that? You got uh, ODB on that? No. No, it wasn't Cash Money. That was like, uh. That should have been like Nelly. Yeah, no, that no. was like uh That was yeah. Not oh fuck. I don't remember. I'm not that smart. Oh, yeah, that North Carolina, throw your hands up. That yeah. guy. I don't, yeah, yeah. I think that was his only song though. Yeah, and then there was like they were like the uh, southeastern United States and then like the southern southern like Louisiana stuff that was fucking No Limit and yeah. that was Master P and make them say oh yeah. and all that stuff and Silk the Shaka and Sea Murder uh, who were Master P's brothers and then it turned out Sea Murder was an actual murderer who knew yeah. <laughs> and then Lil Romeo showed up and he was Master P's son but now he's just Romeo yeah. it's real weird uh, yeah. and then there was like the Lil Romeo or Lil Bawa who you got but now they're both dropped the Lils and it's just Romeo and Bow Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all. Weird thing. Big boy. Still big boy. Yeah. He's not a big man. No. Mm-mm. He has not Also, graduated. his name should be pronounced Big Bois. 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 <laughs> Correct. I miss you, Outcast. Please come back. Their <laughs> uh, their like Coachella reunion show was apparently terrible. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts and Beer. Uh, I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I began and ended this podcast as John Rooney Taylor. John, that's so disappointing. You didn't change at all. No. Fuck not a you. Bit. Here's the thing. You need to I think, grow in no, life. I think the reason that uh, Han Solo, a solo Star Wars solo movie, uh, hurt me so much was that it was a mirror unto my own lack of ambition. Mm. Oh, no. It really struck a chord with what I don't like about myself. I got a chord for you. Yeah? It's an A minor. Oh, I was going to go G. I was going to go G. Bye. <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Inkhart Bromley, John Legion Rooney Taylor, and Mark Wimbledon Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a rating review. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Body Count Cast. You can like our Facebook page uh, or email us at bodycountsandbeer at gmail.com. I got real casual there. <laughs>